0: (laughs) This station is being brought to you via NOLSOFT Shoutcast Streaming Technology.
1: For more information, visit
0: shoutcast, shoutcast shoutcast.com.
2: Hi, my name's Peter Mayhew. I
3: play Chewbacca on Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct.
0: Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web a contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net
1: Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars Undirect is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca.
0: Transmissions. A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates beam pulling us in. You may fire when ready.
4: Commence primary ignition.
5: And welcome everybody to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Again, I'm here with my dear producer Lunatic. Hello, my left. To my right I got my friend Kit Fisto. Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, well. You're still sick, but you're here Yeah, I'm still sick, but I'm here So I might be coughing a little bit during this show I'm going to steal that from you Because I just didn't have enough to open it up uh, Of course, the main subject today is The woman of Star Wars fandom And in Star Wars fandom We're going to be talking uh, to some of them, hopefully And uh, we have uh, great people who, are sh- who should be coming uh, Thanks to Star Wars Chicks and uh, DMED Darden Mall Estruder Brigade 2.net <laughs> 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 Sorry about that uh, of course we're gonna have The Hyperspace segment Coming up after uh, In a couple of minutes and we're gonna have The Star Wars Miscellaneous news Also the community update At the end of the show uh, Now Plus a Star Wars y- Galaxy segment We're gonna have A Star Wars Galaxy segment And we're gonna have A very special guest Hopefully I mean, oh, okay. no, of course, I'm she's gonna be here. None other than uh, Veronica Whitney Robinson, yeah. who I wrote the uh, Star Wars: Galaxy's Ruins of Dantooine. Yeah.
3: I thought you were speaking of uh, someone else.
5: No, I was. I was talking about okay. Veronica. Don't you think she's special? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that was nice. <laughs> now my dear friend Kit Fistel is gonna tell us how you can gonna tell you how you can contact us by email studio at sw.
6: En by MSN Messenger, SWEN direct at hotmail.com, um, through the chat, which is the link on the main site, which is www.swen direct.com, and you can watch us through the webcam, which is where there's also a link on the main page, too.
3: There you go, and if you want us to call you, you must be in the chat room, so.
5: In the yes. chat room or on Messenger, so yeah. we can actually see you, see your there, and you want to participate from. with us. Yeah. <coughs> The um, producer. Yeah, probably has a word to say again. Well, it's simply same as always. <laughs> <laughs> same as always. If you want to
3: be a partner of Star Wars Direct, go to the partner page. Uh, you've got two options. One, uh, you can uh, post our announcement for our show, and you can put our interactive uh, icon on your uh, home page. And we, for that, we will put you on our partner page and we will mention you on the show. So, if you have a website, go uh, go there and uh, contact us. Uh, you can uh, also, uh, like Heather did, you can uh, record a promo line, you know, your name and you're listening to Star Wars on direct. And we're probably and gonna like, do your little, yeah, uh, yeah, there, uh, a little intro, a little promotion with your voice. Uh, if you know some stores or online stores that would want to have a commercial on uh, on Direct just ask them to contact us. We'll give them the price, uh, the fees for uh, for that. Uh, also, if you like our show, you can give us donations. They they're well appreciated, and. Uh, uh, we, since we have a bandwidth problem from time to time, uh, we won't announce the archive except on our website. So, anymore. for now, anymore. So for now, it's just on our website, just to control the the, the, the pike of bandwidth uh, following a, the
5: announcement, and that's about it. The feed and everything. That's yeah. good. Uh, speaking of which, I think I think it's a pretty good number we we, we we've been through for uh, up till today. So do you, do you mind sharing that information yeah. with the fans? Uh, for the
3: from February first to before this morning, we add 30 gigabytes of bandwidth for Star Wars on Direct already taken. Uh, it, that's that's for the all the downloads we we add and uh, every uh, thing surrounding the website itself. So that's pretty uh,
5: more than we expected. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, it took me off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well right now we're going to go to a short musical break and uh, we're going to be right back with uh, the hyperspace segment and the missing issues and a couple of other things. So stay with us, Star Wars on direct.
2: Tatooine TV. I see your eyes lighting up. I knew you had discriminating taste. The audio is fantastic. The only problem, there's no video. Well, you want to hear it? Here you go. Tatooine TV. DS Construction Customer Support.
4: DS Construction Support, where we put profits before people. My name is Nuck Nuck, Operator Ten. This call may be recorded for quality control. How may I help you today?
2: Hello? Is this a recording?
4: I assure you, this is a real person. How may I help you?
2: Okay, okay. I'm here on Death Star number one. You know the one with Vader and Moff Tarkin on it? They want me to test this thing blowing up a planet. And you see, it's not working. I need help now.
4: All right. Before I begin helping you... I need to know a few things. Oh no. What service plan did you purchase?
2: I don't know. Vader probably choked somebody and got the best plan there was.
4: Hmm. Well, I'll have to verify that. I need your destruction beam serial number.
2: Okay, I thought I explained. I have Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin right over my shoulder waiting for me to test this stupid destruction beam. Uh-huh. One moment, Lord Vader. The beam is taking a little longer today to warm up. It should not be too much longer. (laughs) Now, you idiot support person, help me.
4: Rudeness will just make the whole process longer. Would you like to be transferred into the... Hold Q.
2: No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that my mother-in-law moved in with us, and I'm a little irritable. Now, where can I find this serial number?
4: Ah, there's the nice voice we like. Now, do you see the gray plate to the left of the power level view screen? Yes. Is there a drawer right underneath it? Yes. Y- yes. Well, that's not it. What? I was just seeing if you are awake. Reach under your chair, and you should find a piece of paper taped there.
2: Okay, let me let me check down. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, I've got it.
4: Read it to me, please.
2: Eight seven four two three seven two nine zero oh, two three. In
4: English this time.
2: Eight seven four. Two, three, seven, two, nine, oh, two, three. Ah,
4: here you are. Am I speaking to Mr. Thomas Stabick?
2: No, I told you before. Vader killed him because he was waiting so long for you guys in support to pick up. Uh oh. What do you mean, uh oh? I'm tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Yes, Moff Tarkin, sir. Uh, performing the filter process and beam focusing right now. It won't be long now. <laughs> What's the problem?
4: I can only speak to the person who initiated the service agreement. I'm going to have to disconnect the transmission here.
2: Wait. What? It's a miracle. He's waking up. Oh, you're
4: just saying that to get the service.
2: No, really. I'm, I'm serious. Here's Mr. Stavik uh, right now.
4: Hello? Mr. Stavick. is that you?
2: Yes, it's me. Please fix our beam. Mr.
4: Stavik, it says here that you are unable to speak.
2: No. When I fell, I can now speak. It is miracle.
4: This must be that other guy trying to trick me. Okay, then. Tell me, your mother's real age and weight?
7: Uh, okay.
2: DS Construction customer support. We may not be the fastest or the most courteous, but we take our customer validation very seriously. Very, very seriously.
4: Okay, are you still rubbing your stomach, patting your head, and jumping up and down on one foot? Good. Now you must answer this question to complete the first phase of validation. If a dewback leaves from Anchorhead, and a Bantha leaves from Moss Isley, which one would be hit by a falling escape pod first?
2: DS Construction Customer Support. Despite what you've heard, we do care for our customers. Tatooine TV Episode 12 is a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit JRDOnline.com.
8: It's only minutes. Hi,
7: this is here A4, and
5: you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, also the greatest multicultural effort uh, winner of the FAAA. <laughs> Yippee! Okay, Kit, to right you now, and the people in the chat.
6: People in the chat, there's Daggle, Delos, Jedi, Luke's, Gerard, Kitor 84, Lady Mara, Lady Mara's Lunic Lunatic, Raven, um, Septharian, Tiger Claw, and Xanadu. There you go.
3: There you
5: go. (laughs) (laughs) Xanadu. Doing our little Hades trip here. (laughs) That's right. We gotta have one. Okay. Well, right now we're gonna go to the uh, hyperspace segment first, and uh, we're gonna follow that up with the miscellaneous news afterward. And, uh, plenty much more coming your way, so let's go to the...
2: Oh, crap! Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my box. All right, stand by.
5: Hyperspace segment (laughs) (laughs) There you go (laughs) Okay You know the rules people You're asked not to Talk about any Spoiler stuff In the main chat room On on StarWarsOnDirect.com Website If you want to talk Any spoiler Go in my room one And feel free to there Anything you want to do And uh, We're gonna do We're also gonna ask you Not to post anything In unspoiled forums Please respect the people Who want to keep Their Their uh, Surprised for episode 3 premiere and everything. Okay. So, we're going to do a 20-minute segment today. And uh, it's going to be really filled up with lots of things because we realized something. So, we're going to start the little segment right about now. Okay. So... Ladies and gentlemen, we realized that uh, Pablo Hidalgo actually had a Q and A Dropbox in the hyperspace uh, forum and uh, I actually edited thirty seven page down to twenty one page of episode three stuff. So he's basically boy telling oh us he's basically telling us a story in little segments. So we're gonna go come, come back to that a little bit later on. First of all, on February seventh oh, there you go. Official site uh, released an article on the editor of Episode 3, Roger Barton, and uh, we actually discovered how much work you'll have to do on Episode 3. It's a lot of work, trust me. Now he's back in in Skywalker Ranch, as well with... He killed that, that roach there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's back He's back in uh, at the ranch. And his uh, Ben and George are working on the 21st minute of the movie, uh, which are opening in a massive space battle. He's still working on a body of the movie. He's he's actually editing some of the sequ- the, the sequence with Yoda so that Rob Coleman, uh, the animatic supervisor of ILM, can actually start to work on the animations. And of course, as we'll know later on, the first version of Yoda is now up. Yay! With uh, new and cleaner rugs. <laughs> what do you want to do? Okay. Uh, we also saw on uh, Sunday, February 8th, a uh, nice little shot of the wall at ILM with 600 of the um, the shots on 2,000 shots that are now in the end of ILM. Uh, all, the, all the shots are actually identified by a, tr- a three-letter code and a three... Uh, usually a three number afterward. Uh, for example, there's a scene with Yoda which is called CYQ, which actually happens in Yoda's room. The uh, numbers which identify the code, uh, like one of the plan that one of the shots that was actually approved is 050. This shot actually shows Mace Windu, Obi-Wan Kenobi, being lightened by the windows in Yoda's room. How do you know this? Because they told us about it. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, that said, they 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 they're still doing the uh, those uh, reviews of what's happening every day, from that from time to time. Uh, right now, all the, all the scenes we that are in the ends of ILM are CYQ, CBO, CJG, CCO, CJE, CJH, CTC, OSB. <laughs> that could so be translated <laughs> and in another way. VMM. Thank God it's only PMM. <laughs> uh There's already a shot that's been like taken out by George Lucas, and it's C-T-C-290, which sh- shown a reaction that Obi-Wan had, and apparently there were burnt mark on the wall behind him. Ooh. So, oh. that's only to make the, the, the shot a little bit faster. Pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, of course, there were uh, beautiful images of the... Uh, Star Wars Insider number 74 that got out on the, on the internet yet again before it was sent to the uh, to the subscribers. There were two sets. I'm going to start with the first one here. We had Anakin and Padme on the balcony of the apartment of Padme on Coruscant. There were the extraterrestri- some, some aliens uh, that are that we're going to see, the Imperial Guards, the new clone troopers, and different types of paints. And actually Pablo Hidalgo told us that four of these has been have been digitized. For the movie yet So far
3: That's pretty good Now we have to Guess which color Goes to On what planet That's
5: right (laughs) Obi-Wan has been uh, Has been taking pictures Well George Lucas And Padme Uh, We've seen (coughs) One of the The the, the console Of his Peter And we also have uh, Obi-Wan In in a cave Okay (laughs) I already have one (laughs) The new villain Of course Has been confirmed Uh, T-Bone, no, sorry about that. A new vehicle has been confirmed by T-Bone, and uh, uh, it's a vehicle that is rid rid by um, two clone troopers. These vehicles will be used on the Kashyyyk battle, they're going to be pretty interesting and cool to look at. Uh, That's the vehicle in which Chewbacca and Yoda will manage to escape after uh, everybody else has died, on Kashyyyk after the clone will have turned on their generals. Uh, one of the very interesting before the helmet image that came out was the glove of Anakin Skywalker. It's <laughs> his glove. Yep, oh and it was entitil- entitled uh, "Helping Hand," which was fairly interesting to put as a as a name for 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 Han- Hany's glove. I mean, you know, I'm not sure it's too helping. It's helping him. It's not helping him too much. Maybe it has some Vibrating issues Or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> One of the spies <laughs> Actually uh, Mentioned some stuff About uh, The uh, Acolytes of General Grievous And The movements The anti-Jedi movements Apparently These guys Are going to be uh, Robed Just like the Jedis So they're going to be Fairly Difficult to differentiate Remember
3: and The, the, uh, the uh, Leaked video The leaked yes. video The, the uh. three pe-
5: people Yes So the there's Indian Grievous Indian And Indian. his acolytes
6: I think it's me, three acolytes. Oh, probably yeah.
5: Yeah, and uh, if you remember well, and this—if you—if you like watch it in stop motion like I did, frame per frame, you could see one of the acolytes using a double-bladed lightsaber. And Nick Giller did say there was going to be—it's be not a
6: actually a lightsaber. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
5: wait! Nick Giller did say there was going to be a double-bladed lightsaber after some editing, but then again, Pablo said no, there's going to be no, th- there's going to be no double-bladed lightsaber in there. They're not lightsabers. That's it. there's something else. Ooh. They're the weapon that the. That the Before Yell on the picture shown us a couple of months ago. Exactly. There you go. Uh, of course, uh, they're going to go on killing sprees and give, giving the Jedi a bad reputation. They're even going to try and do and kill someone in the Senate. So that's going mm. to move a real bad anti-Jedi movement in the Senate. Uh, at that time, Yoda will, in mission, uh, Obi-Wan will find Grievous and find the secret of Palpatine. He, he tells it to Mace Windu. Meanwhile, Anakin is next to Palpatine because he's now his uh personal bodyguard. And uh he sees Hobi-Wan and the the clone troopers in a huge fight, huge ground fight. Then you'll see Mace getting a visit to our dear friend Sidious and Palpatine. And uh out of these two battles, probably no one will win. And only one of the Jedi's will come out alive. So uh on February thirteenth, yay, the, press, communi- the, 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 the uh, press release of LucasArts for the Republic Commando game mentioned the fact that we will see the mysterious General Grievous and his deadly bodyguards in the Star Wars film. That's going to be cool in Episode yeah. 3. Um, there's also the picture. There's also a couple of pictures you can see. Of that and there's the picture you can see on the book cover of Boba Fett. A new threat. A new threat, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, well, some people see you, Doctor Doom in a different way than I do. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry about that. We, to the second set of, uh, of images from the Star Wars Insider, there's, uh, an unnamed, uh, senator. There's also another, uh, set of, you know, controls and all the panels that we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see, we, we also saw an, a nice little tunnel which is aboard a ship or, or something. It looks a lot like the one in Cloud City on Bespin. Yeah. Tighter, but... Yeah, a little bit tighter. Well, you know, with perspective and all, we can't really tell. We can't, we really, can't tell. really tell, yeah. Because we, th- there was nobody standing in there, so maybe it's just the same thing, which, which would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, we also saw a little uh, joystick and all, stuff like that. Now, to the inter- interesting thing. The nice little Pablo Q&A Dropbox. I'm only going to mention a few things here Because they said it's a l- very long thing to have And we're going to come back to you you episode 3 story Because in A couple of weeks time, Because we want to really take the time To actually Analyze well all the data he's giving us So There should be two more announced Concerning actors and actresses Who are going to be in the production of episode 3 One of these actors has been Confirmed by Pablo as being Oliver Ford Davis who will be again? See you, Bibble. I like the name. See you, Bibble. Sounds so kids friendly, you know? Go see Uncle Bibble. <laughs> Pablo can't confirm if there's going to be snow in episode 3. He doesn't remember actually if there was a snow planet. And he can't really confirm, can't really say, you know, there's a snow planet in episode 3. So, I don't see the goal of
3: having a snow planet in episode 3 in any way. There's a mention in the Clone War, one of the episodes, that uh, Illuminara and Julian Barris are on a. Ice Planet,
5: but I don't think it's going to make it. That's maybe. it. It's no, not right. going to make it to episode no. 3. Uh, Pablo says it is still too soon to talk about a trailer, but we will see one before this December. So, mo- most probably, Obviously, November. November, around November 18th. <laughs> <laughs> I could check my calendar but if I had time. We'll come back <laughs> to you on that next time. <coughs> What's that? I think it's going to be for The Incredibles. For The Incredibles? That would be cool. Uh, there's a new Jedi Starfighter model uh, <laughs> for Anakin. Uh, yes, it's gonna be the same one as Obi-Wan and the other Jedi's. The only changes are cosmetic, and you're gonna see like it's Anakin has a red pod, and uh, Obi-Wan has a blue pod. You know, these, just the the, the the color differentiate them. But you're gonna be able to tell who's who. Okay uh, the Senator Frita will not have any dialogue in this film Neither does his assistants Because they're not going to be there But with George Lucas, you never know Maybe they'll show up later somehow mm-hmm. You know, digital <laughs> There's no going to There's going to be no Loyalist Committee in Episode 3 The Committee was formed for the Spiritus Crisis Before the, the Clone Wars uh, However, these some of these Senators Now have their own agendas for Episode 3 So we're going to see some ends. Uh, about this In the old net news Of the Star Wars Insider Of the upcoming Star Wars Insider Which Speaking of the Old net news They're not going to be On the internet anymore Because it's ch- Just too much work For everyone working Over there They're just going to Leave them in the Star Wars Insider For You know Obvious purpose of Trying to keep sane <laughs> Yeah uh, The The between Anakin and Obi-Wan Will actually Go through All the Jedi tricks And they're even Going to have to Resort to, f- to Fist <laughs> because <laughs> there's not going to be anything left. Um, up to now, the uh, future of the EU character and that's going to be in Episode 3 is still wavy and very, very wavy. The character is still in the, in the scenario, in the script, but we, but the sequence in which he, it, it, he is is really fluid, so it, he might just like slip past and we don't even see him. Uh, new villain Grievous is as the, the same types of villainy as the other villains in the Star Wars movies. Uh, he will be swimming in a sea of evilness. <laughs> this is very interesting way of describing it. Um, Ewan, Aiden, and Natalie might actually do some hyperspace chat in the future. Uh, however, the best prob- probability is Ewan McGregor, because Natalie Portman still has a... She values her own pri- privacy a lot, so we're not too sure about that. Billy William has a good chance Jeremy Bullock has also a good chance of showing up um, Mace Windu might show up He's a 5 on the scale of 1 to 10 On the Pablo scale So that was you know, it's, uh, That would be nice to see Mace Windu in the Space mm. chat It
6: would be cool because he's a Star Wars fan as well
5: yeah. That's it Okay. For now Episode 3 is not the longest film Of the series but he's not, he, he's not The shortest either Which is a good thing But you know uh, there's only going to be one way of, of, of knowing that, and it's, gonna, it's when, the, when the movie's going to be done. You won't know before that. Uh, <coughs> episode 3 will, will explain the change of look between Palpatine and, in Episode 2 and Episode 6. Uh, there's no funny character in Episode 3, however, there's going to be a sequence with R2-D2, which will most definitely make you laugh. The George Lucas Select image will soon begin. Uh, the Before the Helmet will not be d- uh available for non hyperspace member but the web docs actually the the the, the web the documents are now are now first available. available yeah yeah
3: since yesterday. In a smaller size than the original. Three hundred and twenty by six forty. Yeah.
5: Fine. That's by four eighty, sorry. Yes. That Three makes more sense. 320 by four eighty. Okay. Um of course the 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 colours for the lightsaber have been defined. They will be blue and red of course. And uh well green maybe? A green or purple for Mace Windu That's it uh, When Nick Gillard said he had a yellow lightsaber He was just kidding Apparently Maybe this, this is trying to go back to misinformation or something okay. uh, But apparently he was just kidding And he, he will they will stay to the uh, usual colors of the saber There will be someone who will say I have a bad feeling about this in this movie It's still up to us to find out that information Because We're gonna up Chewbacca?
7: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, he looks, he looks down at Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> and you, you see a little subtitle, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> of course, clone, uh, clone Troopers, as well as Commander Cody, uh, will have dialogues in this movie. Uh, all the faces for the clones will be played by Tamara Morrison. And there's only one source for all the clones, and it's Django Fett. Thus far. By the, way, Thus far. by the way, Commander Cody, for those of you who wonder, that's the one we used to call OH-11 in our old news. Uh, he actually received a name. His name is Commander C- Commander Cody. If you take a look on uh, Google for some images, it's really funny because he actually has a jet back and all like Django. So mm-hmm. kind of a kind, kind of a little hint of a funny thing there. Really? Yep. Uh, there will be CGI Jedi, so Pablo Jill could be back. Uh, probably, but not with much to say or anything to do. Uh, there's the mystery ar- around the Cave of Dagobah. Will not be explained. The Cave th- played a role very well in Episode 5. It's not going to go any further than that. Uh Singh, Boba Fett, the Kaminoans, they're not in Episode 3, so no, don't wait to see them. They're not going to show up. The roles of R2-D2 and C2PO have the, ma- the same uh, importance as the one they had in Episode 5. Except that the role of R2D2 is a little bit more important. So yes, put the good robot first. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> <laughs> the title of episode three has not yet been finalized. However, uh, Pablo hopes that uh, George will will use the one that he has in mind nowadays. So there's already some. That's a yeah, well big it's message. Positive. At least yeah, it's, uh, it's positive. And you know, there apparently what th- what I like about the answer he gave to that to that question is that. He said, you know, there are even some uh, some progr- some programmers who made little programs of, you know, what the titles could be. And they have this program running day after day to try to find new titles. Okay. <laughs> this is just sick people. <laughs> you got to stop doing that. Uh, Wat Tambor will be back and his role will be the same as in Episode 2. Uh, Plo Koon has one phrase in the movie, but we're not sure if it's going to end up in the final product. Let's hope th- so.
6: I wonder what his voice sounds like. <laughs> <Something like that>.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Up till now, there's uh, no, no new scene which will be headed to episode 3, like the Droid Factory scene, mm-hmm. but with George again. We never, never know. Never know. Uh, <coughs> as in all the Star Wars movie, all the heroes will be disguised in a specific scene, not to be detected, you know. So it's going to be fairly interesting to see the, that camouflage effect. Do you remember those two sheet of paper we told you about? The one that said Limirn and the other one that said R3N and, and something in plus something something? Well, that was a guy <laughs> telling to his wife, I love you. <laughs> that was basically, huh? I love you, honey. Uh, you know, I'm, ha- I'm thinking of you and just saying hi. And that mind-boggled every Star Wars fan all over the world because we thought, for sure, it was a spoiler of something that they were trying to tell us. But apparently... Just love. They love, love to play people. with the fans. That's right. Stop playing with our minds like that, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'd let them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll probably see images of Darth Vader before the coming out of the movie. We already have. Shh, shh, shh. Qui-Gon has not forgo has not been forgotten in the movie, especially by those who were close to him. Dooku maybe. Dooku, Yoda, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan And I'd even say Anakin Anakin, You know He was a pretty strong role model Uh, The souvenir that Leia had of her mother Is actually very valid If you put it in the context of the entire saga However there will be some nitpickers Who will go and Yeah but Yeah but Yeah but And go against the theory But I said it when I came out of episode 2 I stand on my story It's going to be a handmaiden Who's going to raise Leia Yeah Only episode 3 will show us the truth when I stand on my on my ground, maybe
3: on not side. an uh, handmaiden but a beautiful lady that looks sad mm. you know maybe uh, Bale's wife she could be a
5: not necessarily a handmaiden um, on uh, february fourteenth uh there were there were talks about reshoots Georgia indicated that the, there will special there was there was going to be a special music during the the, the movie. John Williams will have to compose a new song, which uh, actually already exists in the Star Wars galaxy, like he did in The Return of the Jedi. And there's going to be very important dialogues during this scene. I love you. Me too. I must go now. I have to kill people. (laughs) Don't go. (laughs) Don't go, Hedgen. You can still have your own mind. No, I can't. Okay, so... Right now, Bravo. <laughs> as of now, LM has uh, rendered well as 2000, still 2000 uh, visual effects render. They have completed, and George has approved 46 of them. Uh, they still have 1031 in their hands. They need to do 32 per weeks. There's 59 weeks left before the end of the, the end of before the end of the week of the, the work. There is 1954 visual effects to do to be done, and the actual. Uh, Uh, end of schedule for the visual effects is April 1st, 2005. So, you know... Yeah, right. (coughs) That's like one month and a half before the movie or so. That's pretty scary. Uh, We're going to finish this up by telling you guys that uh, Dream Witch Magazine has done an interview with Nick Gillard in which, of course, Nick talks about Episode 3. Another one who's saying that it's going to be the best movie of the prelogy. He doesn't understand how they couldn't be the the better. Uh, he has, it has everything that all the other movies add and more. 60-70% to 70% of the movie even contains fights and fightings. Uh, Ewan McGregor had, uh, had to teach himself a thousand movements compared to the three pages he learned in The Phantom Menace. That's a lot of fighting in the movie. Uh, it's going to be a very emotional movie too. So, you know what? I'm kind of hoping this, this episode 3 is going to have a little bit the same effect as Return of the King for the Lord of the Rings
6: I hope not (coughs) I hope not because Lord of the I I don't know The Return of the King wasn't the strongest for me
5: okay emotionally that's what I'm talking about Uh, emotion wise that's what I'm hoping for okay and there you go that's the end of the hyperspace segment welcome back everybody to Star Wars on direct (laughs) there you go don't so well uh, now it's them.
3: time for the miscellaneous news with Fisto
9: Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do.
5: Oh boy, it's not all of us who actually trust your insights. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And I'm going to contest one of the things you're going to (laughs) say.
6: Yes, and we've already spoken about it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. In the new Gamers magazine that uh, came out this month, and I have it here, so Sebastian, why don't you show it to the webcam? They had a cover article on the Republic Commando that is coming out soon for the Xbox. And uh, they talk about how you can become a... Commando, and you're in charge of squad, and it's very much like the um, game Raven Shield. Yeah. Yep. Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six style, and the um, the troop, the troop. Um, how do you say this? The I the don't know. The ranks. The <laughs> oh ranks. Okay. The ranks. They, ha- they have a really cool um, picture in it of the ranks of the. The Republic Army, which starts from Palpatine to the Jedi Generals mm-hmm. to the Clone Commanders, and then it branches off into three parts. There's okay. the uh, specific squads like the um, Arc Troopers, the Scuba Troopers, and the um, what is it? The Evac Troopers. Mm-hmm. Then there's the regular army, and it's
3: we're checking in the right here, <laughs> right here. here.
6: And then it's the Republic Commandos, and then it's a squad advisor, squad leader, which you will be playing. And then you have three commanders, you have three clones under you, and they don't really have, they don't really tell you the name yet, but there are three of them. Mm-hmm. And then they they go on to talk about the Star Wars Battlefront. They don't give too many, they give a few details, which is like, um, you can, if you're an Imperial, you can get a Star to, uh, Death Star, if you if they can if you control Endor and you can call. Um, Darth Vader or Obi-Wan to fight alongside your troops. And um, they run a featurette on the five best and worst games of the Star Wars um history. History. <laughs> the For the worst, I'll start at the bottom. So it'd be Obi-Wan. Days that it was full of repetitive combat sequences, badly scripted out cutscenes, and huge empty levels. Okay. <laughs> then The Phantom Menace, which was combined horrible... Horrible visuals, borderline retarded combat, <laughs> and a myriad of badly executed puzzles. <laughs> Master of Terrace Cassis. The thought of a Star Wars fighting game is kind of cool. Unfortunately, <laughs> reality is much worse. <laughs> then Star Wars Demolition. Feels a little bit more of a jumble of Star Wars vehicles and creatures and Boba Fett's, with some pretty crappy gameplay thrown in. Force Commandler. Badly visual, da- uh, badly visual dated visuals and a horrible interface system mean you'd better you'd be better recreating said battles with your Star Wars action figure collection. <laughs> okay. Well, it's,
5: it's a good thing that uh, Hasbro is going to introduce to us the uh, f- almost fully posable pos- <laughs> action figures Go ahead.
6: <laughs> okay. Then for the the fifth best would be Episode One Racer, which I, I, I have and I loved. Mm-hmm. And then the Jedi Knight 2, Dark Forces 2, or no Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2. The the game, this game rebuilt significantly on its predecessor, adding to the cool li- dark light side, dark side elements of the choice of the story, Dark Forces, um, and then Tie Fighter, which was the um, sequel to X Wing, and then of course Knights of the Old Republic being the best Star Wars game ever made. Yep. And then they did a one weird, they did the weird one. Which was a a game that came out in Japan for the suit for the Famicom, which is the first Nintendo system. Ooh. And the first level had you be Luke Skywalker and you would go into a Jawa Sandcrawler and at the end of the first boss would be Darth Vader who changes into a scorpion. Yes, Namco, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so Didn't know weird. about this one? No. Nope. It's very strange. Um Next is the Battlefront questions-answers. There was... uh, What sorts of locations and maps will be in the game? There will be Hoth, um, Endor, Tatooine, Naboo, Gionosis, and others. Um, There is... The AI in the game will be advanced, and you should be able to win the game with an AI, and it shouldn't be an obstacle. So then they go on to talk about Republic Commando in another article... And it's the. They talk about the types of weapons. The main re- weapon will be the DC 17M and the secondary DC 15 blaster pistol. And you. as well as there will be enemy weapons such as the Trandoshan Slaver Shotgun and the Genosian Elite Beam Weapon. Okay? And you, the things the Trade Federation Super Battle Droids, Stroticas, Genosian Warriors, and Elites, Trandoshan Slavers, and Mercenaries you'll be able to fight. Obviously, you'll be with Wookiees, so I guess that's an interesting mm-hmm. interesting thing to point out. There's also the spoiler which Sebastian talked about oh, related to Commando, but I won't get into it. Oh, yeah, it. that. Okay. And then the, in collecting news, there was the Master Replicas announced their new, new line for this year. So the first is the... Um, Lightsaber replicas, which we Luke Skywalker from Episode 4, available this month. Obi-Wan Kenobi from Episode 2 this month. Mace Windu, Episode 2 this month. And then new AT-AT vehicle, Episode 5.
3: It's surprising that Master Replica yeah. does vehicles.
6: Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. In the spring-summer, and then a new Star Wars FX jacket. I don't know what that is.
5: It's basically a jacket like a Polar you're, you're wearing right now, mm-hmm. except it looks like a leather jacket in suede, and it has big effects as F, X on the back, just like the special effects crew would, would be wearing. Cool. That's basically what it's going to be. Cool. Okay, available th- in the spring. I, I, I can't give it any, anything else. Uh okay.
6: <laughs> and then the um, prop replicas we. Leia Organa's Blaster from Episode 4, Stormtrooper Blaster from Episode 4. So that would be Spring for Leia's, Summer for the Stormtrooper, Rebel Blaster would be the Summer Fall from Episode 4. And then two new versions of the Incredible Force FX lightsaber. So Luke Skywalker's from Episode 5 in the summer, and Mace Windu's from Episode 2 in the summer as well. <coughs> and then, as a tie in for the DVD, that, is, that will be available in September. Hasbro is re-releasing, is releasing new Star Wars action figures to accompany this release, and they will be in the retro style, and they will have the new logo, and they, they look really cool. And the there will be reissues of the basic figures, so you'll have Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, Darth Vader in the first, in um, will be re-released. There will be two themes waves and newly sculpted. And then, the, then there will also be a Dagobah theme, which will c- conclude um, Luke, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and R2-D2. And a Bespin theme for Princess Leia, Cloud Car, Pilot, and Lobot. <coughs> and then for the vintage figures, these will have ultra-modern sculpts, so I don't, not really vintage in the end, just no. the vintage packaging. Yeah. And uh, they will come the same coffin blister, and even with the Kenner logo. So it'll be with cool. With the logo and yep. as
3: Rulet making. Exactly. Okay. Well,
6: they own them. so yeah, okay. And then they'll have 12-inch vintage figures and they will be similar to the vintage 3 and 3 quarters, um figures but they will be 12 with modern sculpts and reproductions of the original packaging front and back box shape. Um, b- include um, Luke, Boba Fett and Stormtrooper. They'll have their own unique outer casing that will be designed with premium graphics and special silver banner. they are also re releasing the Millennium Falcon. Uh, first, last time it released in 1997, the vehicle is back and it will have um, firing missiles, light up engines, new new engine, hyper hyperdrive, flying blaster, and sound. The cockpit has been redesigned for the three and three quarter figures so that they fit more easily. So, there are other... another vehicles, X-Wing and Typhar also relays, released in the vintage packaging. Um, they also have the lightsabers, which will be the same basic kind of packaging. Um, and then you'll have the new, um... Uh, the Ask Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. So, Yoda puppet, when you can talk to and interact with. Not a Furby? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a Furby. Okay. But it'll be re-released from the... From, uh... Just to fit more with the Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Packs as opposed to the prequel trilogy. Um, And then the Gentle Giants released a uh, new line of sculptures. They'll call these Bust Up. So it'll be more like start at the waist up, and it'll be the arms, and they'll have um, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewbacca, Yoda, C3PO. Another line of 1 6 scale called the Star Wars Armory Collection. Um, they kind of look like helmets, so it's a sculpt of the helmet, and they'll have. You can see the X Wing pilot right now, and there's also a TIE fighter listed, so you can go look at those. Can you put it on your head? I think so, I'm not sure. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> the, the pictures can't really tell. And also, in the Expanded Universe, the 501st have officially joined the Expanded Universe. Yep. They were in the. Um, ebook? Yeah. They were in the ebook. And they Fools were coolest bargain. bargain, and they were also in Survivor's Quest apparently. Yep. So they've officially joined the EU, and they are known as Vaders. Fifth.
3: Yeah, but it's not the same version as in the original trilogy. They say they say that in the the book.
6: Ah, well, so it's been re reformed,
3: reformed,
6: reformed.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, no nobody would sue anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
6: also, the Clone Wars update. A new Yoda novel will be, be, be available, and the author is Sean Stewart. And it will be in the in uh, December. And it the basic story is a battle scarred Jedi returns from the front lines with a surprising message for the Jedi Council. Count do Go to, that Dooku <laughs> wants <laughs> to sue for peace. Dispatched to find out the truth behind this new development is the greatest Jedi m- master of all, Yoda. Yeah. It's a Del Rey novel, and it's yet untitled, and is scheduled for release as a paperback in December 2004. And of course, Survivor's Quest was released last cho- two Tuesdays ago, so that'd be February 4th. So and
3: we will probably do a, re- a review next show, on the next show. Yes. In two
6: weeks. So, look forward to that. Yeah. And in the comics, there will be, in May, they're releasing Star Wars Empire number 21, it will be about Luke's judgment and um, Leia giving up the rebellion to help her people of Alderaan, who have been newly stranded. Um, And then it goes on to uh, Star Wars Republic number 65, which is rumored to have the new clone... No, I won't go into that. Okay. The... (laughs) Sorry. There will be New Mace Windu plot and he's on a mission to disrupt the Bounty Hunter Guild because there has been a price put on the Jedi's in general. Okay. Kind of like in the New Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And then there's also be the Star Wars Clone Wars Adventures number volume number one. So it's inspired from the Clone Clone Wars cartoon from the Cartoon Network this new series uses the television show's jumping off point to tell new stories of heroism, villainy, in the same stripped down visual style. So it will go on to tell the same types of stories from the galaxy. And it's going to be 96 pages digest format. And that's it for the comics. And now we get to the heated
5: debate. The heated debate, that's right.
6: Okay. (laughs) So officially announced... Le- this past Tuesday, February 10th, are the Star Wars will be released on DVD in September, mm-hmm. the f- 21st, in the United States and Canada.
5: Now you know that's a press release. So re- read it from the top to the bottom. Press release. <laughs> re- read the press release from top to bottom.
6: Okay. All the are forgettable. Not after. <laughs> All the unforgettable heroism, villainy, and epic adventure of George Lucas' Star Wars trilogy comes to the ultimate home entertainment format for the very first time around the world this September from Lucas Limited and 20th Century Fox Home and Entertainment, ending the wait for the most anticipated DVD release ever. The four-disc collection will be released on September 21st in the U.S. and Canada with international release dates following closely. We know how long fans have waited for this release and how much they have been looking forward to it, so everyone has been look, has been working overtime to make sure that the Star Wars trilogy on DVD is an awesome experience, says Jim Ward, Vice President of Marketing and Distribution for Lucas Limited Entertainment and the DVD Collection Executive Producer. The Star Wars trilogy tops the list of cinephiles most recreated titles ever to be released on the format, according to, to a May 2003 e-Online report. Further further, the year three Star Wars trilogy films, Star Wars A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, also hold the top three spots on Amazon.com's most requested DVD list. Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope, Empire sh- uh, Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, and Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, will be available on a four-disc set that includes a bonus disc filled with the only special features, including the most comprehensive full-length documentary ever produced about the Star Wars saga and never-before-seen footage from the making of the three films. Each of the three films in the Star Wars trilogy has been has been digitally restored and remastered by THX for the superior sound and picture quality. First and foremost, the DVDs will deliver the most the, best, the very best possible sound and picture and take advantage of everything the medium can offer. On top of that, we are creating an added value material that gets inside the creation of the Star Wars films in a fresh and fun way, it says. We want, match- we want watching this DVD collection to be as memorable as seeing the films for the first time. The films of the Star Wars trilogy will be available exclusively as a collection and will be featured the... That'll be 5.1 surround EX. All three films are closed captioned and subtitled in English, French, Spanish, and the U.S. Internationally, sound and subtitle specifications will vary upon territory. Now we get into the debate, Sebastian Sebastian, which will which will make it very quick. We'll make it very quick because, because Sebastian is wrong, and we'll probably discuss it next on the next show. on the next show because Sebastian is under the delusion that George Lucas will be releasing the THX version r- released on VHS. In the early nineties, the Ansello shoot first. The the the, the
5: shoot first back up back to 1995. THX only remastered. Edition. Yes, that's what whereas will be
6: released. it will be released truly as the special edition, and you can read this just about everywhere that it's the special edition that will be released and not the original edition. So yeah, that can. is it.
5: Okay, that's it for the miscellaneous news. That's it for the Miss news Okay uh, We're gonna say hi to Colleen right now The wife of uh, Jeff Roney Who's the author of the nice Tatooine TV You've heard uh, yeah. right after the uh, Madonna yeah. tune And right before uh, Cheetor intro Okay, so Now
3: it's my turn Since uh, nobody uh, no- <laughs> nobody read the Runes of Damn Twin besi- uh except me
5: It's not because we don't like reading books, it's just because we don't have time. (laughs) Do you think I have time? Go on.
6: (laughs) (laughs) It's because you can make the time.
5: Yeah. That's right, you make the time. I I stopped the the time. But you're just like Luke and making time for Mara in Judge's Call. That's right, you're making time for your books. (laughs)
3: Okay, here we go My review of Ruins of Dentwin. First of all, uh, for your information Ruins of Dentween isn't the first book To be based on a video game uh, You got the uh, X-Wing series Written by Michael A. Stackpole and Aaron Nelson Which feature Witch Antilles, the Rogues and the Raid Squadrons That was uh, based on the X-Wing game uh, This game also included the novella by Russell DiMaria, the Farlander's paper, which introduced the character Kielan, Kian Farlander. Uh, and you also got the Dark Forces illustrated book, written by William C. Dites based on the Dark Force and Jedi Knight games, featuring the Jedi Kyle Katarn. Runes of Dantooine is based on Star Wars Galaxy. Okay, here's my review. Ru- Runes of Dantooine takes place in the classic era two years after the Battle of Yavin, the story is set around uh, an holocron that contains vital information for the rebellion, names of high-level rebel sympathizers within the ranks of the Empire. The heroine, Dusk Flyer, is an imperial bioengineer working on Naboo with Tendra, an Nitorian colleague. On one evening in the Casino, Dusk is approached by a mysterious man named Finn Darktrin, who is a spy for the Alliance. He tries to recruit Dusk because she would be an excellent cover for his activities since she can travel anywhere in the galaxy without being scrutinized by the Empire. Later, when Tendro is killed by the Empire, she decides to join Finn on his quest. They stop on Corellia where they meet Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa and are told of the lost Olacron. They are sent to Dantooine to the old ruins, uh, to to the old Jedi ruins, to find and retrieve the Olacron. So that's the basic storyline. The first time I heard they would be doing a book based on the Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided, I thought that the book would be just a a promotion stunt to get more players and I had a, a lot of doubts on the quality that would come out of such in such a, a short time. I have a strong attraction to the game, and I know quite a bit about it uh, without having actually played, so when the book came out, I bought it to make my own opinion. The basic idea was great, because they mentioned that there would be interaction between the novel and the game by introducing elements of the book into the game itself. And for Whitney Robinson to have Aidan Blackman as a consultant for the game could only be positive. For my part, even if the synopsis of the story on the back of the book made it very predictable, I did find the story simple but entertaining. The classic trilogy is my favorite era and I did find the ambiance I was looking for. The galaxy's player will be used to the different terms taken directly from the game like crafting station, travel terminal, the word outpost signifying a small city Uh, the name, the planets, the profession, the special location like the emperor's retreat on Naboo, the rebel outpost on Corellia Nims fortress on Locke, etc. are the same as in the game those who are familiar to playing won't have difficulty at all in visualizing the story as they were playing the game you don't have to play the game to like the story I'm the best example the fact is that the that the visual of the game will probably not affect my Im- my imagination compared to regular player who will see everything as if inside the game. Of course, to attract the casual non EU reader, they inserted a lot of cameo from original trilogy, like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, Lando Calrissian, Wedge Antilles, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Solo and Chewbacca. There are also a cameo from Nim of the Star Wars Starfighter game. It's clear to me that Whitney Robinson based her heroine Miss Flyer on herself because they have the same physical description and professional background. This is also visible in the game by the many encounter with wild creatures in the game. The heroine seems very professional in her action as a bioengineer, which showed that Whitney Robinson did this as a career. On the negative side, the number of creatures encounter in the book was a bit too much. I had a flashback of the novel, The Approaching Storm, which I didn't like that much because I've compared it to a National Geographic documentary. The other thing is the length of the book at 286 two, uh, pages long with bigger printed characters than usual. It was a bit short for my taste and it's easy to go through the book in one day. It's understandable considering the time she had to write the book, that she had to base her character on herself and her life experiences. I will end this review by mentioning that if uh, if the book has any success, you can guarantee that there will be a sequel or even a Star Wars Galaxy series of books. The ending of the story certainly points that way. So, Ruins of Dentwin isn't a great book, but it's a good one that was very light and enjoyable to read. There, you, eh, there you go. Okay, so it's so a good book uh, if you like uh, light, light stories. Don't have to brainstorm to
5: to catch the <laughs> the, the plot line, you know. Okay. Well, we're going to be going to musical break in a few moments, but right before that, we're going to give you the results of the people tours for the Fan Audio Achievements Awards. And uh, we're going to do this really quickly, basically. Uh, for Best Actor in Audio Parody, the winner is Michael Smith. For Best Actress in an Audio Parody, the winner is Elizabeth Hascott. For Best Writer for an Audio Parody, the winner is Jeff Rooney of Tatooine TV. For Best Mixer of an Audio Parody, the winner is Jeff Rooney of Tatooine TV. And finally, for Best Audio Parody, the winner is Tatooine TV. <laughs> for Best Portrayal of an Established Film Character, the winner is Elizabeth Hascot as Padme Hamidala. And for best original audio-drama character, the only category awarded to a fictional being, the winner is our second and last tie of the evening, because it was a tie, Arillas Deran and Sista T. Lana of Second Strike, as portrayed by Clay Cronk and Kate Chappelle, respectively. Uh, for best use of music in an audio-drama, the winner is Christopher Anil, Nathan Butler, Jen Armstrong and Ian Bowie for Second Strike. For Best Writer for an Audio Drama, the winner is Nathan Butler for Second Strike in Anthology. For Best Mixer for an Audio Drama, the winner is Keith Abbott, David Jocks, and John Reese for Rise of Mobility. For Best Director for an Audio Drama, the winner is Nathan Butler for Second Strike in Anthology. Best Supporting Actor in an Audio Drama, Michael Smith. Best Supporting Actress in an Audio Drama, Linda Lyons. Best Actor in an Audio Drama, the winner is Clay Cronk. And for Best Actress, Elizabeth Scott. Uh... For the Best Audio Drama Short Form, uh, which is basically an audio drama under 30 minutes, the winner is Dreamscape. And finally, for Best Audio Drama Long Form, which is an audio drama over 30 minutes, it's Second Strike, and there you go. Uh, the uh, other Fan Audio Achievements Awards, the Founder's Choice, I believe, yeah. you recall, will be announced in uh, other shows than ours, basically Chrono Radio and Requiem of the Outcast in the upcoming uh, weeks. I can breathe now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go to a small musical break. We're gonna go uh to Cyndi Lauper and Girls. Nope, nope, nope. You got it wrong
6: It is Precious Solutions of Lannis Morset.
3: There you go. You
6: Changed it. Changed it again? No. <laughs> no, no. No, you no, did no not. Know it.
5: <laughs> it's the third one. Oh there you go. You're right. It's me. I'm again. always right. You're always right. Okay. We're going <laughs> go to go Precious Illusions with Alanis Marset, and we'll be coming right back with an interview with none other than Vonarica. Von-a-ric- Veronica. Veronica with Robinson on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
7: Rescue me right in the exact same way they never did. Ah. Oh. Be happy, right? When your healing heart kick young, you'll complete me right. Then my life can finally begin. I'll be worthy, right? Only when you realize the gem I am. But this won't work now. Cause I want you to shine between seven
1: At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com All prices in Canadian dollars.
9: Hi, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars Official Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct.
5: And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct The voice of Star Wars fandom And we're back on the air with Veronica Whitney Robinson With us right now How you doing, Veronica? I'm good, how are you tonight? We're very fine over here Up in Canada yeah. Cold <laughs> <laughs> As on hot, I would mm-hmm. guess uh, We're going to do a little introduction on you uh, Veronica's been, reading, been writing multiple novels Including Spectre of the Black Rose Which was a Ravenloft uh, novel The Halls of Stormweather Forgotten Realms, Sands of the Souls, Forgotten Realms as well, Kindred of the Hebony Kingdom, which was a Vampire Masquerade book, Gazetteer 4, which was another Ravenloft novel, Crimson Gold, which was a Forgotten Realms novel, and more recently the Star Wars Galaxies novel, The Ruins of Dantooine. Star Wars on welcome, welcomes the fastest pen of the Star Wars universe, Veronica Whitney Ruffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that title, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure earned it, because uh, how long did it take you to, to write the, uh, the Runes of Dantooine?
10: Um, after the outline was approved, about a month and a half while I was working full-time at a day job.
5: No, that's Wh- that's while working, wow. <laughs> so that's like two full-time jobs. Okay. It felt like three, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to go to a few questions now. Cool. Uh, we'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, your hobbies, and how you became a writer.
10: Well, up until uh, a couple of months ago, um, my primary occupation was a marine biologist with the Seattle Aquarium here mm-hmm. in Washington State in the U.S., And I just semi-retired from that because the writing has become pretty much a full-time job at this point. Okay. But for nine years I spent quite a bit of time underwater blowing bubbles. (laughs) A lot of people always commented, I've got a very pasty complexion. I said, well, you know, I live in Seattle and work underwater, so there's not much I can do about it. (laughs) Um, And then I started writing... The first novel was Specter of the Black Rose, the first thing I had published, and that was back in March of '99, and that's what started me down this dark and twisted road of of writing.
3: <laughs> and do you do you still like it? Uh, you you but is it your main career now, writing? Yes, it
10: it, it is now, yeah, because it like the the had enough work lined up that it, I really was doing two full time jobs there at the end, and I had to make a choice. Okay. That I was going to pick one and and try to do it well as opposed to trying to juggle two of them.
3: Okay, so now your hobby is marine biology.
10: Exactly, and uh, it's it's quite a bit of fun. I was just uh, doing some work with some colleagues of mine, and we have a lot of ongoing research projects that I am still assisting in because I'd like to see them finished. Okay. Well, that's great. That's on the back burner. (laughs) Okay. More time staring at computer screens. Yeah, that too. And <laughs> <laughs> pulling out my hair going, what do I do next?
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell us how you got chosen to write this particular Star Wars novel, "Ruins of Dantooine"?
10: Well, the, um, the opportunity came up this past summer. Um, a colleague, uh, a fellow writer and I were approached to work on the project because they knew that we worked pretty well together and could work fairly quickly if we had to. Um, unfortunately, because of his work schedule, he wasn't able to accept the offer, and I was crazy enough to say, sure, i do it for you, <laughs> and that that began the process. I'd say this one was definitely, uh, out of all the work I've had published so far, has been work in what's known as the shared, shared world writing, mm-hmm. which means that you don't, you don't on the uh, creations, yeah. you're working with a, a universe or galaxies that have already been established, so there's always a lot of uh, rules and histories to brush up on.
3: A lot of research to do, I, I think.
10: Yeah, I mean, I've I've loved Star Wars since the first movie, so I know oh. <laughs> a bit about it. I wasn't totally going in blind, but but this one was interesting in working with the publisher and the fact that we were coordinating mm-hmm. with LucasArts. Okay. So there was a um, at times. Uh, for a very brief period, a lot of outside input. And after that, they said, just run with it. The, t- the clock was definitely ticking.
5: Okay. Well, as uh, we've seen in your, uh, in your book, uh, that which you dedicated to your mother, uh, have you seen this movie called Star Wars? I think you're going to like <laughs> it.
10: <laughs> yep, she was the one. I was uh, visiting some relatives for a, a summer holiday, and she called me up to tell me about it. I mean, she's not a science fiction fan at all, but she knew, even when I was really young, how much I enjoyed it.
5: Mm-hmm.
10: Well, apparently it led you in a good way. <laughs> I think so. I think she would agree it has now, too. And unfortunately, I forced her to see that movie at least five or six, maybe even seven.
5: <laughs> uh, did you actually had a chance to read some of the, the other Star Wars books from the extended yeah. universe? In
10: fact, the, the first one, outside of the, um, the adaptations of the original movies, the, the episodes four, five, and six, mm-hmm. was, of course, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which... When it came out, I just grabbed it immediately. I was so excited that they were continuing adventures uh-huh. um, of all of that. And so I have read some of the Expanded Universe books as well.
3: And uh, do you have read some recent Expanded Universe books?
10: I'd say uh, the last one that Troy Denning did I picked up and a, and a couple others. Um, unfortunately, I've noticed as my writing work increases... My fun reading time decreases. <laughs> <laughs> That's really kind of a shame.
5: Yeah. Sadly, the ways of life.
10: <laughs> and up until a couple of months ago, everything I was reading was the Star Wars Guide to something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> planets, droids.
5: In order to, to get to get up to date.
10: Yeah. for uh, that you know when you put in those touches that are the, the the details that make a story a little bit more grounded in that universe that you're you're using. The right terminology, the right things. Mm
5: hmm. Um, fans angry. <laughs> How much of a Star Wars fan were you before? version of a droid.
10: That doesn't exist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you do that.
5: Well, you just invent new ones, that's all.
10: <laughs> that, that's true. You have a little bit of leeway.
5: That's right. But then
10: you've got, you know, some of the game folks going with the Star Wars Galaxy game going, you can't do that. We can't do that in the game yet. Yeah. So there was definitely a bit of juggling.
5: Okay. Must have been a ton, ton, and tons of hours of fun write that novel. Four uh, tons of hours to do it. <laughs> but it was fun. Well, how much of a Star Wars fan were you before writing the Star Wars novel? Would you say you're a bigger fan now that you actually done all the research and all the work and everything? You,
10: you know, I don't I don't think it's changed because I really, I, I have to admit that when that, when, uh, what, uh, to me, is the first movie, but episode four, when that came out, The New Hope, I, I literally did go see it about 11 times and I just, was blown out i i I, I, was, I it to me i'd grown up with reruns of star trek and things like that you know so the special effects were for that time that was phenomenal mm-hmm. the storyline i thought was was great i i mean i remember sitting i was 12 when it came out and when luke gets pulled in the trash compactor when he gets pulled under by the creature and it took you know just a beat longer for him to come up than i thought i thought he should have it was interesting i remember looking at my mother saying they can't kill the hero in the middle of the movie, can they? <laughs> no, and I, I liked, yeah, that movie was. It, it pretty much caught me. I mean, I, I stood in line for the second one. I stood in line for the for the third one, Return of the Jedi, when uh-huh. those came out. So
5: now, now that you know George Lucas's style of making movies, do you believe he could have killed the hero in the begin, in the middle of the movie?
10: Well, now I, you know, I, I see, see. No, and you know, I have to admit, I admire him for doing the first three movies. To me, now those are. You know, quite a challenge. I actually just only recently saw the um, attack of the 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 clones um, because you know the fans going into it, they know what's going to happen. So he has this challenge of still making the story exciting and interesting, even though we know the the road, what's going to, what's the fate that's going to befall all these characters.
5: Mm Okay, uh, there, there's been many reviews for uh, Runes of Antoine, and they're very divided. Some are positive, some are very negative. Uh, are you the kind of author that read the reviews and try to get better after that? or?
10: You know, I I think when I when I did the first book, Spectre, I, I followed reviews a lot more closely than I do now. I, I You know, I don't think anyone is going to write something that everyone is going to think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're trying to do, it's going to be a really frustrating job. I try to look at the writing as... I, what I'm doing is a story that, for the most part, aside from some editorial input here and there, is the story I want to tell. And, and I'm writing it first for me, and I'm hope, I hope I, I'm doing justice to the genre, mm-hmm. but I'm not aiming it for specific people because I think that's a, a fruitless task. you're you're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah, that's it. And you really shouldn't. I mean, some people, you know, I understand. Some people are not going to like it, and some people are going to love it. And and that's just how it works out.
5: Yeah. Which dilemma we can actually call the Killing Chewbacca Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, What's the feeling of having written a chapter in the saga as big as the Star Wars saga?
10: I'm sorry. Would you would you repeat that question? Yeah.
5: What's how do you feel about writing a book in the chat a chapter of the saga? As a matter of fact, for Star Wars.
10: Yeah, I was I was that was one of the reasons why I I accepted the job. It was for me very exciting to to at least even in a small degree because again this is based off of a game so there is some question as to you know well it is part of the expanded universe but is it quote unquote real Star Wars history or real a real story. that's up for debate, but I certainly liked getting to be a part of that.
7: Mm-hmm. I
10: said, for me, the, the the first movie made such an impact, and it's so sort of nice to come full circle and as a pseudo adult, <laughs> be a little bit more of a part of that than just an observer. Yeah. So for me, that was very exciting.
5: There you go. Um, You've actually answered that question a little bit earlier. You only had a month to uh, write *Rooms* from signing the contract to giving the final manuscript. Can you give us a chronology of the events and short deadlines surrounding that (laughs) endeavor?
10: Well, I'd say, like I said, I think it was at the end of July that um, my colleague and I were approached about this, and. There was some discussion for a while in terms of what was going to be the timeline, what outside inputs were going to be included in the book in terms of who did we have to work with and um, what elements of a story that we wanted to write would be ours and what things we would have to include for someone else. And it was probably, I want to say now at the end of August, that I actually got to go ahead to write it and was given about... um, ten days to turn over an outline
7: in
10: mid-September that went both to editors uh, at Rey and then um, to Hayden uh, over at Star Wars Galaxies and also um, over to LucasArts. So there were three different people that, or three different groups anyways, that looked at it, um, each one having different questions or wanting different elements included, and it came back to me to revise and go back out to all of them to see if they were All right with it. It really was about, gosh, I want to say the um, the beginning of October that I was I was I I got the final clear go ahead from everybody, and pretty much needed to have things in by the end of October.
3: That is short.
10: (laughs) That was still to leave us a little bit of time to do a possible second draft and make revisions as needed. Simply because they had to have it physically at the publisher by, I believe, the end of November to, to get those books in print so it could be out by the December 30th uh, publication date.
5: Very fast indeed.
10: It was a race.
5: <laughs> the uh, professional.
10: I recall prof- just getting the outline approved, and it was already, the book was already listed on Amazon with like the December 30th date. And I went, yeah. Oh, good you to know when it's due. <laughs>
5: no, no pressure. <laughs> That's
10: it. A- <laughs> you just hear that clock in the background kind of loudly.
5: <laughs> the uh, professional profile and physical description of your main character, Deuce Miss Flyer, is very much like yourself. Uh, did you actually model her after yourself?
10: I did a little bit, especially with um, the deadline looming so close. It, it To me, it was the most comfortable to write about someone that I knew a little bit.
9: Um,
10: and especially at that point, one of the things I had to take into consideration in writing the book is I was limited to the way the universe was set up in the game, and uh, basically, other than the Empire, which is obviously a, a, an incredible threat, the only other thing that the, the, the players of the game come across, and they come across on a regular basis, at that point, were fighting animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to make the main character somebody who knew something about animals, or dealt with animals, was also sort of a logical choice, um, because like I said, at that point, that was, that was the main thing. Uh, Um, There were no player vehicles, um, so basically all the characters in the game, you're either running on foot, or you hop a shuttle to go to another planet, but at that point, that's all you were doing was was your character was running around, Mm -hmm. and um, so that to me, like I said, that made the most sense to have that character involved with that profession.
5: Great. Good. Uh, There were a lot of galaxies, references, cameos, location and ambience in Runes of Dantooine. Which was great for players? But for the benefit of the non players, can you tell us some of them that were that we've missed?
10: Some of the things about the game yeah, yeah some of the is.
5: locations or
10: uh well, you know actually um in the in the book I didn't cover uh there's still several really neat places in the game to play. um the planet of Dathomir is mm-hmm. extremely popular right now. It's got a lot of great threats and things for people to fight the Night sisters mm-hmm. uh rankers, things like that. It's a very popular place. Um, also Endor, uh, people can interact and uh, with the Ewoks, Yavin 4, there were several planets that I just either didn't have the time or it didn't sort of logically make sense to, to cover them all. I believe there's 10 planets in the game altogether that you can play on and there was just no way to fit them all into the game <laughs> and have the story make at least a, a certain amount of sense.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of planet hopping already.
10: Yes, and, uh, you know, again, uh, some of that was also input just, again, from gaming department, things like that, to mm-hmm. give it the feel of the game. Yeah. That is what players do. Mm-hmm. You are, in fact, some of the quests that a, a player of Star Wars Galaxy might undertake would involve them going to three, four, possibly five different planets before it's all finished. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a big sense, a big part of the game.
5: Which makes it fun. Yeah. Um... It was refreshing to see the adventures of original and new characters in the classic era, but concerning the use of already established characters from the movies and other games, were there any restrictions at all?
10: Basically, they were just supposed to be cameos, um, and they were only supposed to be you know secondary players. And that this really was to to introduce the new characters. Um, and in fact, at this point, Hayden and his team of developers are working on incorporating those characters into the game. So. So Dusk and Finn will become NPCs in the Star Wars Galaxy game. That's great. Yeah. and In fact, part of the mission that they were on will continue in the game. Again, that was done intentionally. Yeah. That's,
3: that's good. That, that was one of our, our later questions. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars Galaxy game actually came out in June. Uh, did you have access to the game before that, during the beta testing? And how much time did you spend in the game?
10: <laughs> well... Uh, about the same time my outline was being approved, I was uh, given the game and an account to go in and, and use that as reference. So, <laughs> my my game playing occurred at the same time that I was writing.
7: Okay. <laughs> um, and
10: you know, and what I ended up having to do was was involve some some people who were already playing the game. I, I made a, a few friends and got them to help me out so I could get to some of the places I needed to for the book, mm-hmm. simply because my character in the game was a was a was very much a newbie and was getting killed left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't walk 10 feet without something killing me so yeah. I needed some help and in fact in the book at the back um, there is a um, um, a thank you an acknowledgement to one of the players who was a very big help to me in doing some of my research mm-hmm.
5: okay well I'm, I'm pretty sure that if you ever need some help if you ever decide to go back into the game you can look for Wookie Mart <laughs> one of our uh, friends here that's Star Wars Direct Or Star
3: Wars Galaxy Panelist.
5: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, were there situations and events you encountered that inspired you during that research, the playing?
10: You know, I, I, th- I think because when I had already, when I started the game, it, the game was more, again, to just help me ground the novel to make it feel more like a part of the game. I I had the story fairly well uh, plotted out. Other than the fact that the game offered a lot of inspiration in terms of animal threats to, to throw into the novel and things mm-hmm. like that.
3: The 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 first scene of the novel in the not the gladiator uh, arena uh, was there uh, something about uh, this being in the game?
10: Yes, that was actually um, a, a player-sponsored event that had happened, and it was something Hayden was very pleased about using. Um, Include that in there. That there, and at, at that point, there were not many player-sponsored events yet. That's becoming, as I understand it, more popular within the game now for people to, to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, um, that was that was kind of unique, and so we wanted to just put that in so that the people who are playing the game realized that that the developers were were watching what they were doing and and enjoying it. Mm-hmm.
5: So you you kind of started a trend (laughs) by putting that in your book. Uh, As a reward for writing the book in such a short time, do you still have the account and do you still go play the game nowadays?
10: (laughs) I do. I I get to keep that and um, I do pop on every now and then and play a little bit. Because oh. yeah. unfortunately i've I think I've hooked my husband as well oh, oh. <laughs> oh.
5: <laughs> which now reduce your t- your your time on the computer
10: <laughs> it does <laughs> in fact, I tried to get him involved at the beginning to um also help me, so if I was writing, I'd ask him to go to a certain place and tell me what some of the descriptions what it looked like, things like that and um I'd find him going off doing something else because he'd just get involved. And i go, that's not helping me. And he goes, wait, I, let me just kill this one thing and I'll be right
5: there. <laughs> Please, honey, I want to destroy that ADST now.
10: <laughs> exactly. Just need to take out that lair and I'll be right there.
5: That's it. Or as something happened to one of our friends, if, uh, if your husband decided to to be a Wookiee, at one point in particular, you could, you could actually get stuck in an elevator. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I'm stuck. <laughs>
10: Um I think he's regretting that now since he can't wear armor but <laughs> Yeah.
5: <laughs> uh we, we you you referred to Hayden Blackman a couple of times already. Uh what was exa- exactly his implication in runes?
10: Well, it, again, he was one of the three that that um, was involved in the approval process and uh he was pleased enough with the the first idea that I had for the novel. Um that he he sort of ran with it as well and you know, put in a couple of suggestions on elements to include in the book and then that way he could then go and take what what I was writing and then later on include it in the game um, one of the things that our our heroes are trying to to retrieve um, will become again like I said I mentioned before part of the game it'll mm-hmm. become uh, some of the quests that players can take
3: okay players will will be able to do the same mission that uh, doos and Finn did
10: well they'll actually. They'll be able to um, approach either one of them to sort of continue that mission. Okay. Um, at least that's, at, at the last, uh, last I heard, that's what they were working on. I know Hayden on the Star Wars site put an introduction into the book, and he actually mentioned the fact that the developers are, are working on including all of these things now. And this is what went into, um, was involved in our discussions at the very beginning of the, the planning mm-hmm. process for the novel, is certain things that we could use that, uh, the few you know dangling threads at the end of the novel could then be incorporated into the game yeah. okay. um, and there were certain elements that he wanted to see included um, and uh, for example even at the, the the player event that we included um, at that point in the game people could not mount animals yet uh, when we were talking about it but you know he let me know that this was coming he let mm-hmm. me know about the vehicles that were coming he wanted to include the mount because that patch was supposed to hit right around Christmas time or a little bit before. Uh-huh. So there were small, smaller things like that that he said, you know, put this in here, too, because it will happen or, it, it, you know, it's about to happen mm-hmm. or it just happened. Um, but it was mostly um, minor suggestions along the way. Yeah, great. And he had so a couple of favorites. I think I think Nim is one of his more favorite yeah, creations in the game, and, and so that's why we had to have a quick trip to Loke.
5: Yeah, <laughs> So it's, it's still pretty helpful.
10: Oh, very much so. I, I mean, he was available at any time for uh, questions that I had. Um, and especially considering my ability within the game at that point to maneuver around was pretty limited, he was always sending screenshots and, and different things to me as I needed them. So he was very available. For-
5: I could almost see it happen, you know, you calling him at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm stuck in this elevator. Can you come and get me out, please? <laughs>
10: <laughs> or at least take a picture of what I'm trying to look at and send yeah. it to me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, he was a big help.
5: Okay. Very nice man. Uh, the way that the story ended invites the possibility of a sequel. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we expect Delray to do a follow-up book or even a Star Wars Galaxy series?
10: You know, to be very honest, I think it's going to depend on sales and okay. how well it's received. I think that Delray is is thinking about it as is Lucas I I don't know for sure how far down the road they are in in planning the next stage. I like I said I really do believe they're they're watching to see how this does. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Uh, how it's received. Because it's a great idea to have an interactive an, an interactivity between the book and the game.
10: I think they think so. I, I certainly do. Um, I wouldn't mind doing another one, continuing the characters, or or starting on another thread.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay.
10: There's well, a lot of possibilities within the game. Yeah.
5: Actually, I'm going to ask a question to the producer, uh, the X-wing series, Michael A. Stackpole. Yeah. How many books did he do? Five, five, six, five or six. Yeah. Six. Okay. W- would 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 it be something that would interest you to do five or six more books? <laughs> you know, for the Star Wars Galaxy series.
10: Oh, well, I. I wouldn't mind at all. I uh, It was a mad dash, and it was crazy, and it was fun and exciting and all of those things, and I I wouldn't mind continuing it, actually, at all.
3: But you probably would have more time.
10: <laughs> I would certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned when I saw that, that Star Wars Insider with the title, The Fastest Pen in the Galaxy. I don't know if I want to be remembered that way. Uh-huh. I actually like normal deadlines, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because mo- um, only one or two of the books I've had have actually had some sort of reasonable deadlines. The other ones have been, you know, geez, we're, we're in a crunch, can you do it? And Foolish Me goes, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs>
5: Go ahead. Oh, <Yeah>, uh, really. <laughs> uh, we got a question from a fan of yours, Danny here. Oh. Uh, do you think that the synopsis on the back of the book was giving away the surprise and made the book a bit more predictable?
10: You know, it, to some it, it might have been... Um, I didn't have a part in writing that, so oh, okay. I can't say, well, yeah, that's that's my doing, and I meant for this to happen or for that not to happen. You know, there's, I think in a, in a, a lot of books, you you do get a sense early on of mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. I thought the only input I got from Del Rey on part of the plot was simply that they wanted to make sure that... Anyone who read the book didn't feel cheated at the end, and it didn't come as too much of a surprise. Okay. So they may have put that in just to also mm-hmm. make sure that people, some people might have seen what was coming. But okay. I,
3: I, I gave a, a good review anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: they mentioned on the Star Wars official website that there will be a crossover from the book to the game. Uh, I suppose that Ducek is flyer and Finn Dark King. Dark. Dark Trin, sorry about that, will be appearing in the game.
10: That um, is the idea, that they'll become yeah. sort of static NPCs like Leia and uh, Mara Jade and Han Solo and, mm-hmm. and the others that are in the game. So something that players, people, players can interact with in terms of getting missions or quests or things from them.
5: Mm-hmm. Anything else you think that the players could expect that you could tell us?
10: <laughs> well, you know, I think because I I do check the boards every once in a while, and I think the players are pretty up to date as far as knowing what's down the road as much as I do. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's looking forward to the space expansion, yeah. which is supposed to come this summer mm-hmm. in the game, um, which will allow players to have their own ships. Uh, which are so cut down, I think the one thing that I noticed that the, 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 the bit I do play is that everybody complains when they're waiting at the starport <laughs> They're waiting for the bus, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to being able to to fly themselves
5: yeah okay. Um, did writing in runes change you in any way because when we take a look at your bibliography, uh, you were more of a fantasy writer did did going in going into sci, sci- fi made you re- made you realize new things?
10: Well, it, again, it, to be honest, that that was always the genre as a child that I enjoyed reading or watching more than anything else. So, for me, it, it definitely was different to actually be a part of it for a change on it, the inside.
3: It, um, it maybe change your discipline in coming out. Uh, Coming, uh, coming out with a strip so fast? <laughs>
10: well, that even surprised me yeah. um, that I could do that in the end when you think about it, it turn over a whole book in about a month. Um, I think it made me well, it, 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 part of it was instrumental in, in me changing the direction that my career is taking and um, I'm definitely expanding my horizons as in terms of different genres that I'll be writing in after this point.
5: Okay, so it still was kind of a milestone for your career.
10: It, it yes, it was actually.
5: There you go. Uh, if you would have another chance to work on the Star Wars universe, something else than Star Wars Galaxies, what stories would you like to tell?
10: If I stayed within the the Star Wars: The Galaxy game.
5: Yeah, well, no, the no. Star Wars universe itself.
10: Uh, well, I guess if I could, uh, again, for me, always the the characters that have been the most interesting to me have been, you know, the, the Luke, Leia, and Han and those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to write a story that involved them more fully than a little bit I was able to squeak in here and there in the ruins would, for me, pretty much be a dream come true. I think.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll forward the message to Del Rey. <laughs> uh, any comments on the prequel movies up to now, and what's your expectations for Episode
11: Three?
10: You know, out of all of them, Episode Three is the one I'm I'm really looking forward to. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm really impressed with George Lucas because I I, I still hold to my opinion that to do these movies is definitely the most challenging because we we know what's going to happen. We don't know all the fine details, but we know the path Anakin's going to choose. We know Obi-Wan's eventual fate. And um, for him to be able to put these movies out and still make them exciting to us, I think, is very impressive. Yeah. Because we do know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I, I think I am looking for that sort of climactic battle between Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader. That's what I'm looking forward
5: to. Okay, okay. Uh, we actually received some question from a fan. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna have the producer take a quick look at it.
3: Uh, go. Uh, go uh, this, no. This one. I we.
5: This talked one we asked. Uh, she talked about that. One. <laughs> that one. Okay. Uh, if you ever got, got uh, the the question is from Christopher Walker, and uh, he'd like to know if you got a chance, would you develop your Imperial Inquisitor character further than? into your further on in other stories Uh, he's always been intrigued
10: oh definitely yeah I I had a lot of fun with a little bit that I I did write about him and to be very honest I'm very intrigued with the Imperial side of the universe Mm -hmm. and would like to do more um, with him I I definitely had some ideas of things I would like to do further with him down the road Uh, And again that all depends on if that opportunity arises but I definitely would
5: Okay. Uh, I'll also take the opportunity to extend an invitation from him. Uh, <laughs> if you ever go back to the, uh, the to some servers, uh, try to go on Starsider server mm-hmm. and uh, meet Jan's Walker, and he's inviting you for a little uh, hunting game party. <laughs>
10: well, That's very nice of him.
5: <laughs> there you go. Um, as long as I'm not the prey. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I think he was meeting dewbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> Okay, uh, today our main subject on the show is women in Star Wars fandom And sadly you're a woman So you, you you kind of fall into the, the, the show's topic So you're going to have to answer some more questions <laughs> Okay um, How would you explain the growing popularity of female character in the Star Wars universe? How would I explain it? Well...
10: But you know, to be honest, again going back to when I first got into this, and I've been a sort of a, a gamer, comic book reader since I was very young, and and uh, as a female, that's always been I've sort of been the odd person out because of it. That's one of the things that, and maybe the only thing that really bothered me about the first couple of movies in Star Wars, if you notice, that there's there are no female characters. Uh, I mean, there's Leia, there's Aunt Beru, and. Uh, that's the 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 general in the in the Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but there's really no other strong female mm-hmm. characters, even some secondary players.
5: Oh yeah, because Luke is so masculine. <laughs> <laughs>
10: but but if you do notice, that it, it, it is lacking in there, yeah. and it may just be that over time, he's that that issue is is being addressed because we're out here too. Um, <laughs> I I sort of wonder if part of that is because, um, like I mentioned, a lot of these genres. They seem to appeal to a majority of of uh, males more so than than females um, and even in the fantasy writing too I, I notice it 's a lot a lot more rare in a fantasy line that you come across uh, a character where the the lead is a woman. I think Alien was one of the first movies that really put a female in science fiction in a commanding role with Ripley. Uh, I yes. think the movies were wonderful. And it was about time that a woman got to be seen as something more than just a damsel in distress <laughs> or as fodder for a hockey-mask, axe-wielding murderer. Um, that we're out there, too. And I. again, the expanded universe, I think it's changing, you know, with uh, characters like Mara Jade, um, introducing those into their Hans children, his daughter, things like that to realize that we girls are out here too.
5: Okay. Um, how does your husband react to your passion for Star Wars? Fan For Star Wars actually. Is he a fan himself? You told us that you hooked him on to uh, the Star Wars Galaxies game. Uh, how does he like watching the movies with you?
10: You know, that's still not something that really grabs him and, and after he was about a month into the game he looked at me and said, is, is Darth Vader a good guy or a bad guy? And I I almost hit him on the head with a... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't uh, follow that one as much. He's always been more interested in science fiction and fantasy that involves time travel. Okay. That's been one of his, his biggest interests. I think this is growing on him. Um, but And now the fact that the Star Wars music isn't playing incessantly, the movies aren't on the TV all the time and the books aren't spread all over the house... He might actually sit down and watch some of those with me, but uh, up until like I said a few months ago, it was all work and he was avoiding it with a passion. I see yeah I was a bit maniacal about it.
5: <laughs> well, I'm sure you can actually turn him a little bit onto that
10: <laughs> I think so like I said now that it's not work, now that it's fun, I think he'll, he'll he might he might be interested in a few of them again and okay. he did he did see them all originally when they were the the older ones when they were in the theater um a long time ago. Not nearly as many times as I did. That's probably a good thing.
5: <laughs> a long time ago in a little town far, far away. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we're going to ask you right now, what are you doing uh, if you're working on a new book project, if you've got something to promote that you'd like to get out there, people to go buy some books. Uh, if, Well, I'm going to actually ask you a question first before you do that. Uh, which books, which book do you actually consider to be the the First book someone should read from you.
10: Well, the the books that I have out now, and, and you did you you've actually listed uh, most of my work. Uh, the, the things I'm doing for Forgotten Realms, several of those books were part of a series, and those are best to read in order, starting with Halls of Stormweather, and then going to Sands of the Soul, and then somewhat of a conclusion in Crimson Gold. Although that character's journeys are far from over. Um, and I will have a new book coming out through Wizards of the Coast and the Forgotten Realms novel It should be out next spring.
3: Which is titled?
10: (laughs) Uh, Which is titled Queen of the Depths, which is actually set underwater. (laughs) <laughs> a nice, a nice mix of...
5: Inspired by your real life again, or...?
10: Well, it worked out well. It's, uh, one of the things that... And, and Crimson Gold is a part of it. One of the things that uh, Wizards of the Coast is doing now is in the Forgotten Realms line, they have several series that are based on character classes. Yeah. Crimson Gold is actually part of the Rogues series. And one of the, the, the next series that's starting up is the Priest series. And they actually wanted to do one on a Priest of Umberly, one of the, the, the underwater... Goddesses of the Forgotten Realms, and actually, they came to me for it because several of them know of my alter ego and my exploits underwater. So they thought that uh, I might be a good choice in that. I was—I'm very excited about that. In, in much of the way I liked doing ruins and dealing with the animals, I'm going to enjoy writing about a place that I do spend a lot of my time.
5: Yeah, underwater. So basically, if we go back to a kind of book you'd like to write. Uh, in the Star Wars Galaxies uh, universe, actually, I'm probably sure at some point the characters would end up on Mont Calamari.
10: You know that, you know, it, probably a very good chance of that. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, actually, I've got um, one of the folks I do play with every once in a while. He's a, he's a Mon Calamari. His character, and he, he's so desperate for them to include that planet into the game.
7: <laughs>
10: I think that'd be a neat challenge, and, and I'm, I'm sort of thinking that's one of the places they haven't gone yet is, yeah. is they haven't under, uh, explored a lot of the underwater aspects of some of the places so I'm yeah. kind of hoping for that too
3: maybe after the space expansion
10: <laughs> could be I and mean, they have to go somewhere else and if we go in outer space then only leaves inner space left and, and they're, you know, with some of the caves and dungeons they're already covering underground a little bit mm-hmm. uh, it'd be kind of nice if they explored some of the water
5: well there you go uh, well now we're done <laughs> uh we actually sent you uh Danny should have sent you a little promo line uh that we have all our guests uh, who come on the show do right. Mm-hmm. Okay uh, We're going to have To ask you to do it now And uh, Right after that uh, We'll be going to A really short Musical break Which now will be Cyndi Lauper And girls just want To have fun yes. <laughs> Very appropriate <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll be right Thanks back <laughs> uh After that On Star Wars On X. So but Stay on Stay on the phone After
3: that on the phone, stay on the phone with us
5: Okay Go ahead
10: This is Veronica Whitney Robinson, the author of the Star Wars Galaxy novel, The Ruins of Dantooine, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct.
5: Thank you very much. Wonderful. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back here on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom with the main subject, the woman of the Star Wars fandom.
1: Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from the Empire Strikes Back. And you are listening to Star Wars
6: on Direct.
5: And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct uh, with our nice producer... Lunatic, Hello. me and Kit Fisto, who's now on uh, the producer's big comfy couch, <laughs> relaxing, because we're going to bring you another very special guest right about now. <laughs> Okay, so for those of you wondering We're trying to reach Jeff Froney from Tatooine TV Productions Hello Hello, Jeff Hey Hi, this is Sebastian from Star on Direct Hey, Seb How you doing?
2: I'm doing good
5: Well, congratulations on your uh, People's Choice Award for Tatooine TV
2: Thank you very much
5: That was a great thing I think <laughs> I think you also won some uh, Founders' Choice Awards So uh, people can actually drop by uh, the Star Wars Fan Works Boards Uh, Galactic Senate after the show and uh, check it out absolutely and uh, we hope you will be able to give us some more uh, Deathwing TV in the future
2: yeah we're cutting uh, one together right now so um, always working have more crazy ideas and um, just uh, you know uh, it's fun when you're mixing this world with a Star Wars world and uh, it's just really cool
5: that's it and, you know, if you ever miss, if you ever, like, get the, uh, the, I can't find my words. <laughs> if you ever ever need any ideas or crazy theories, you can talk to me.
2: <laughs> I know. You're the crazy theory man.
5: That's right. <laughs> and, of course, you, you do know what you're replace, replacing now. What's that? Because when we used to listen to Jedi talk, there was this nice little segment called Stormtrooper Bob. All right. And we don't have it anymore. Oh. So okay. you're you're taking on you're, you're taking it under your wing to replacing them.
2: Okay, I'm stormtrooper Jeff then.
5: There you go. <laughs> are you addicted to blue milk?
2: <laughs> Absolutely, love it.
5: There you go. Okay. Uh, well, I know your your wife wanted to talk to us. Yeah. About the uh, women in Star Wars fandom, which is our main topic, which we are now going to be talking about, starting with your wife.
3: <laughs> okay, here she is. Bye, Jeff.
5: Hello. Hi, Colleen. Yes. How are you doing tonight?
12: I'm good. How are you?
5: We're doing very fine. I'm still a little bit sore throat, but it's getting there. (laughs) (coughs) Coughing a little bit from here, here and then. So, uh, you're 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 a Star Wars fan?
12: Um, well, I I probably not. I probably wouldn't put it nearly as much of a fan as my husband. That's for sure. Okay. But I mean, I I enjoy the movies.
5: Okay. Darth Vader, good guy, bad guy?
12: Oh, he's definitely a bad guy.
5: Luke Skywalker, good guy, bad guy?
12: Oh, definitely a good guy.
5: Okay, you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. You also happen to be a woman. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, since when have you been a fan of the Star Wars movies?
12: Um, well, I saw the movies when I was fairly young, the first, um, you know, A New Hope. And um, pretty much, I, you know, I've seen all of them. But when I really got into the Star Wars world was when I met Jeff. And uh, when we first started dating, probably well it's been almost six years now, so, well,
7: so. <clears throat> it hasn't
12: been too long, but um but yeah, it's been interesting and and I have to sometimes forget that it's just a movie <laughs> 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 because I want to overthink why- well, well, why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense uh-huh. so um particularly things like um you know you guys mentioned earlier in your in your broadcast about um how the, um, in Episode 3 it will be Boba Fett. And I keep thinking, well, wait a minute, how many years has passed between Episode 2 and Episode 3? Because in Episode 2, Boba Fett was a little kid. That's it. And then I said, wait a second, if he's an adult or at least of age in Episode 3, there has to be at least a good period of time or the explanation is he's a clone, so of course he ages faster than most people.
5: There you go. Which,
12: probably, kind of
5: which probably wouldn't bring him all the way to... Uh, To the new Jedi Order series That's true There you go But we'll stop spoiling everybody (laughs) Because that's kind of a slidey terrain Uh, You've been in uh, the audio productions of your husband Yes I Uh, have You've been in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 Tatooine TV Uh huh You've been Yarna in the Imperial Movers Yes You have been Jane in the Imperial Corporation Uh huh You were Zala Bosa in Anchorhead Idol
12: That was actually two characters
5: Okay Zala and Bosa Yes (laughs) Yes <laughs> You were one of the singers in the Bento Diet Had Uh-huh, uh-huh You were Mary in the Anchorage Mystery Theater Flatfoot Frank in the Foggy Caper That is correct You were also Kelly Osborne and Sharon Osborne in the Osbournes Jack Gets a New Pet Yes great accent. How <laughs> painful was that to play? <laughs>
12: <laughs> to be truthful, it was very difficult because I wanted to try and sound somewhat like them, but I knew that it's impossible for me to have the exact same tone to my voice. So I just said, "I'll just I'll give it my best shot and I'll I'll kind of think like how they would sound and see if that comes out and I was really lucky that it did."
5: Okay. Uh, you were also Padme, Amidala, and Leia Skywalker in Anakin and Padme in A Bedtime Story. Yes. So uh, That
12: was the most fun, I think, of all of them.
5: How much fun do you have working with your husband on those Tatooine TV productions? <laughs> <laughs>
12: um, it's kind of interesting because um, I I get what he's doing and I understand it, and he's got in his head what he thinks the characters should sound like or how they should react, and... So he wants to direct me and say no, no 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 say it like this and I'm I hear something completely different in my head so there there are times when we kind of have to you know he'll say let's try that again only say it like this so it has its moments but for the most part it's it's pretty fun.
5: So you you sometimes go head to head with each with each other. And
12: it's more of a more of a you know gosh I really hear this in my head this way and this is why and if he says oh okay I didn't think about that then maybe we'll go with what I think. Most of the time, it's like no, no, no. Do it this way. This is what <laughs> I wanted to do. So you know, I have to, I have to pull. You know, from the, from the, I guess the, the shy little interactor within.
5: <laughs> That's right. Those darn directors.
12: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
5: And producers. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. Message here. <laughs> um, well, uh, is there any thoughts you have about women in, in the, the Star Wars fandom in general? <clears throat>
12: um. You know, I, not in particular anything other than I just think that um, it's very interesting that they made the first couple of movies, you know, one and two, with um, Padme being really a central character. Whereas in the last three, Leia was kind of there, but it was really more about Luke. And um, I think it's interesting that they're um, that they're they've put um, Padme kind of up front. It kind of makes sense, even though. In my opinion, the whole Star Wars series, all six episodes, really are about Anakin. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really cool that they did that. You know, that they put her as a, an intelligent, um, you know, strong female who, you know, it, it explains a lot about Leia and why Leia is the way she is in in you know the last three movies. So.
3: Okay. And why do you think there's less female uh, fans? <clears throat>
12: From what I've, and I'm, of course, spouting, you know, stuff I've heard from my husband, but, um, you know, from what I have seen and gathered and and kind of come to the conclusion on with the Star Wars movies is that um, Lucas's, you know, influence was the samurai and the westerns. And truthfully, in both of those genres, there really aren't very many female characters. And I don't think it's that he has anything against females. I think that when you're talking about, you know, the ultimate battle of good and evil, you mostly find men, and so I think that's where that comes in.
5: Okay. Okay. So, basically, the fact that he was divorced and all has nothing to do with it. He's not a macho man.
12: I, I really don't think so, because he has um, he has at least one daughter that I know of, and I think he actually has two, so... You know, he has I don't two, da- two
5: daughters and one little kitty.
12: See, <laughs> I think that's the thing, is that I think he's just... He's looking at it from the genre that... Um, you know, the, like I said, the samurai, I mean, if you look at the Japanese culture, they're very, very male-centered, and so um, there really isn't a lot of room for the women to be, you know, these primary characters or really to do anything, and that's, again, why I think it's so cool that Padme's really kind of up front in the um, first two movies.
5: Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs>
12: But I'm just a female. What do I know?
5: <laughs> well, more than we male know about you females. <laughs> you know, that's one thing for sure. That's
12: hard to understand. <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, well, thank you, Colleen. Thank you. And uh, we hope we'll be able to hear you again on the Tatooine, uh, on the Jeff Roney production, Tatooine TV.
12: I assure you that I will be. I will be in at least a few more productions and. Um I try and help him write a lot of them. So um there's a couple that are coming up. I don't know if he wants me to spoil them or not, but there's a couple coming up that are that are really um really going to be a lot of fun and I think people will get a good uh, kick out of them.
5: You, you can try and spoil us and if you feel a little vibration in your neck that might be the Jeff Roney implant trubbing right there so
12: exactly <laughs> it. he shook his head no do not spoil <laughs> i'm afraid i cannot reveal any more secrets but i can tell you that they will be very funny and very good So great we're really enjoying doing it and and it's great that we have people who listen and um and you know, this is my husband's lifelong passion it has been you know radio and audio productions and it's really cool that he gets to do it and that you guys are such great supporters of this so that he has, you know, has, he's built a fan base with your help. So I, I appreciate it because it helps him get his, um, fulfill his wish.
5: Well, that's, that's, that's the basic idea behind our, our work. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask great. you three, cre- three questions right now. Okay. They're going to be really quick questions and you have to answer by yes or no. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you a female? Are you a Star Wars fan? Yes. Will we see uh, Justin Timberlake in the next Tatooine TV?
12: No. (laughs) (laughs) Missed it. (laughs) Well, at least I tried. (laughs) For a second.
5: Okay, well, thank you very much for being with us.
12: Absolutely, thank you.
5: And we'll uh, stay tuned to Jeff Rooney Productions' website and to Star Wars on Direct, of course, for the next couple of Tatooine TVs.
12: Of course.
5: Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Almost had her there Almost Adder <laughs> Heather's time Okay So we're gonna be calling Heather now Who's cheated already 84
3: Welcome to the show <laughs> back
5: I Dubac. <laughs> Uh I think I noticed uh, Nathan Coming in also. Coming in uh, By the way For those of you Who would know Dubac, uh used to be Part of the team Of Jedi Talk Yep yeah. Here so. you go there we go. This is for Ether. The little music I love. What's she
3: answer? Run, Ether, run!
8: <laughs> Hello?
5: Hi, Cheetah?
9: Yes?
3: How
5: are you doing tonight?
8: I'm pretty good. You guys have been meanies, though.
5: What Why? do you mean?
8: saying that you guys weren't going to call me.
5: Hey, Danny Danny did that
8: <laughs> No,
3: I did I Did you say we were calling you?
8: Yeah So oh, earlier
5: Oh Oh Well, do you yeah. mind?
8: I'm sad
5: Oh, we're sorry <laughs> But you know, Veronica kind of has like A priority Yeah <laughs>
8: <laughs> I was go- I understand Well, she was cool to listen to, so it's okay
5: I was going for IR Resume, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay Uh-huh uh, still, you know, she doesn't have a, an intro yet. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a female? Yes. You're a Star Wars fan? Yes. Okay. What do you think about female in Star Wars fandom? Um, I don't like well, that. Uh, what do you think about I women in Star Wars fandom? Yeah, win-
8: yeah, women. Um, well, a lot of them need to get out of the closet. <laughs> I am. Um, but mostly the ones I've seen are more online. hmm Uh, especially the fan fiction... Female writers and uh, they scare me a lot. <laughs>
3: they scare
8: you a lot? Well, if you, uh, if you don't kind of know, most female uh, uh, writers are slashers. Okay. Yeah, yeah that scares me. <laughs> okay. And, um, let me see. Oh, I had this great thing I was going to talk to you about, but now I forgot.
3: <laughs> no, don't be nervous.
5: Did, <laughs> did it include a dark mall?
8: <laughs> what?
5: Did it include a dark mall?
8: <laughs> I, I don't want
5: to go into it. Because <laughs> you have to know that there's this website called the Dartmole Estrogen Brigade 2, because the first one, which was uh, founded by one of our dear friends, uh, Dart Cleo, who worked on Sitland with us, mm-hmm. um, she uh, founded that website for fans of Dartmole, actually for female fans <laughs> of Dartmole. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into too much details Uh, If you're 18 over I invite you to go to the website And take a look at it Because it's very inspiring And um, There's some slash writing out there There's a lot of slash writing (laughs) down there (laughs) (laughs) So DMEBD Dot net. There you go. Yeah. You know it's four letters and I can't even pronounce them. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed,
3: what? Why do you think there's less female fans in the Star Wars universe? Uh, fandom.
8: Well, fandom. Yeah. Uh, well, I just think it's mostly because, like uh, Colleen said earlier, um, it's more guys. But there are uh, there are a lot of uh, girl fans, but they're more of uh, the movies mm-hmm. as of the hot guys. You know, and McGregor, you um, and McGregor, and Liam Neeson. Uh uh-huh. I mean, that's <laughs> what really got me to go out and be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> I saw, uh, I saw the previous episode one, and uh, of course saw you McGregor as young Obi Wan Kenobi. and said, Ooh, I'll go see it now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, uh, wh- what did I wanted to say? <laughs> now you make me uh, forget things,
5: Heather. <laughs> You know, it's contagious. I'm going to be the one forgetting things after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, basically, um, I'll, well, you've been a fan for, for, for quite a while. Yes. As, we've, as we we said in, the, in, the, in that last couple of shows. Hmm? Uh, are you a little bit into costuming? A what? Into costuming. Are you a little bit into costuming?
8: I would like to, but it's just, you know, the money issue. <laughs>
5: yeah. Um, a Jedi... Rope can be made out of potato bags <laughs> <laughs>
8: Okay There's a line between trying to look good And trying to look, you know eh. <laughs> At least <laughs> <sustainable>. <laughs>
3: uh, How does Your friends or family React to your passion to Star Wars as a female
8: Um, Well my mother She doesn't really get the whole sci-fi thing okay. You know uh, Or fantasy uh, So she kind of shuns it my dad, he's the one who got me into it. Um, my brother, well, he's the one that also got me into it because he used to have the original figures.
5: Uh-huh.
8: And so he made me play Star Wars with him. <laughs> 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 when uh, yeah, when I was about two or three.
5: <laughs> so Barbie was going out with Luke Skywalker, <laughs> not Ken.
8: <laughs> okay, okay, just to clear that up, I, I didn't really get into Barbie until way later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, for my friends, like I said, it's mostly because of the movies uh, with the guys. Um, of course, lightsabers are always good to look at. Um, let me see. Um, history part, yes, it's good to see. Um, I guess that's really it with my friends, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of fandom worshiping that we have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lord of the Rings and all that.
3: Yeah, maybe the the the, the difference is that the. Female are more down to earth and guys are more imagining things or immature? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> immature, yeah. Uh-huh.
8: See, That's girls know more that, you know, it's fake.
5: Yeah. Yeah, girls do know a lot about faking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're just gonna put it that way. Hate <laughs> mail
8: Hate male. Hate no.
5: male. <laughs> no, actually the thing is that us males uh, We want to try and believe In uh, in things that we cannot have Yes And uh, females are actually A little bit more down to hurt
8: Well that goes with girls too With uh, wanting things we can't have
5: Fabio <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Just this imaginary character From the uh, Arlequin books uh, Basically love books Little things like that Ew
8: yeah. I don't like love stories <laughs> <laughs> um, But But uh, who else is there? Um, more questions. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, Valentine's Day was just uh, was just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had a chance to take a look at uh, Judge's call from Timothy Zahn on the Delaware website?
8: I did not know it existed.
5: Okay, it's a little short story. <laughs> it's really short because it's three pages in in uh, in word format. And uh, it's a little story about Luke and Mara getting together, getting some time alone. Aww. It's it's really cute. <laughs> I have to tell you, I want to take my mind off sin- of Valentine's Day, didn't work. <laughs> uh huh.
8: <laughs> well, I had a good Valentine's Day, so I'm happy.
5: Lucky you. <laughs> um, therefore, uh, <laughs> as a Star Wars uh, fan who's mm-hmm. also a woman, do you think uh, we're going to see more women after Episode Three? Or is it just going to stay, like, stagnant? Well, from
8: what I know already of the extended universe by my friends and all that, I have pretty much an idea. It's going to stay, you know, as is because, I don't know. Because it just seems like uh, the female characters aren't as in-depth that, you know, most girls would like them to be. Okay. <laughs> Because that's, that's all You know That's what I like in books Is characterization <laughs>
7: mm-hmm.
8: But um, Yeah it would You know But I could be wrong So It just
5: depends Well You know I, I think there's still A lot of chances uh, That we'll see more women Coming in uh, Into Star Wars fandom Because I think there's a little part Of shyness into it Yes uh, A lot of women Are introverted Instead of extroverted yeah. Uh, it's much more easy and easier for men to be extroverted. I mean, just take a look at all the uh, university um, uh, initiations. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see you'll see guy running around naked, <laughs> and more and more rarely women doing yeah. so. Yeah.
8: Well. Whoa.
7: Because
5: they respect themselves a little bit more. <laughs> we have no respect for ourselves. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, the thing is, is that uh, with the shyness part, it, it's kind of weird that. Uh, I was just thinking about as you were saying it, um, how more girls are more open with uh, fandoms like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter than it is with Star Wars. I guess because more of the, their fan bases are younger since it's more newer, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get girls into you know this. Well, keep on going, fandom.
3: Yeah, that's true. The the, the newer generation of uh, of women. Tend to like more sci-fi than my generation, let's say.
5: You porting? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I know it's a hard place to be. <laughs> uh, most definitely. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much for being on the show again.
8: Mm-hmm.
5: We're going to let you go. hmm And we're going to call another woman who's a Star Wars fan. Thank
8: you for calling me.
5: It's our pleasure every time. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to redo the line? <laughs> what? What? I said you want to redo the line for us. Why? So we have a really nice and clear shot because I think there are some defects in the one in the one we yeah, have right
8: now. Yeah, I blame my phone, but um. <laughs> all right. Oh, you can you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um. This is Tudor 84, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct.
5: Do it one more time, boy. You got to be time. really articulate. Do it. Go and emotionally. You need. Put put some emotions into it it's like
8: <laughs> Okay
5: Hi, this is Cheetor84 And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct <laughs> Hello, this is
8: Cheetor84 And you are listening to Star Wars on Direct
5: That oh is my so God. a
7: keeper
3: <laughs> 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 You didn't see the face on Sebastian When you, say, you <laughs> said
5: that <laughs> Four. I- I'll try to do the face again For the webcam at the end of the show And we'll leave it at that for the next uh, couple of weeks Sebastian <laughs> just melted Wow <laughs>
8: You made my day.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you a very nice evening. Mm-hmm. And I uh, hope you'll keep on listening to us. Oh, I will. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, we're going to call someone called Lady Mara. She's in the chat. And uh, I'm going to go right ahead and start dialing the number right yes. now. You know, that's what's fun about dialing numbers for everyone. Because we're doing it live. And we're having tons of fun doing it. What the heck did I do there? There's only one. There you go. There you go. Then you got oh. it. Control should be fine. It should be fine. It rings. It's a good sign. Let us hope she will answer. We're up to the third time.
3: Fourth one. I don't want the answering machine.
5: Run, Lady Myra. Run. We're calling you. Hmm. Okay, we'll retry it a little bit okay. later. Maybe read uh, a couple of emails. Indeed, because we received tons of tons of email. Uh when I mean tons of email, I do more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh actually, we got our friend uh Dubac, who wants <laughs> who wants to be called. Uh okay. Sure. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's see a man's point of view That's on right. female Star Wars. You know, I should dial <laughs> with my two finger would go, go so much faster. Should put in like something on a, like a computer on the phone. <laughs> there you go.
3: Aww. Of course, it's busy. <laughs> and probably got a, a
5: phone modem. There you go. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead Read some and email. Uh, tell him that uh, we want to call him. And I'm going to go re- reading some emails uh, We received one from uh, the, the website Webmistress I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. The Dark Mall Estrogen Brigade 2 uh, I'm going to jump some of the parts Because, you know, we want to still keep it PG <laughs> uh, Okay, but where she really answered the question was Why fewer female fans than male? I think Star Wars has an image of being for boys how many Star Wars themed girls clothes do you find at Target and Kmart? I have to buy the largest size in the Young Boys section if I, want a, if I want a shirt from such a place. Also, Star Wars toys are displayed in the Boys section of the toy departments, where little girls don't tend to venture. But really, Star Wars is more masculine in nature. Fewer girls are into the whole action figure thing uh, than boy. And it's life, that's life. There just happen to be some of us that aren't quite the pretty little girls or can juggle both traditional feminine and masculine roles. But there is a feminine aspect to Star Wars that is appealing to even the most girly girl. With Leia, Panme, and other female characters, uh, some of us girls, we, we see them as being beautiful and strong-minded. Not the stupid little hairheads that needs a man to get by, like in so many films. They are role models for us with gorgeous clothes and hairs and great jobs. We want to emulate them however we can. In fact, I find Star Wars brings me several emotions, including peace, excitement, joy, motivation, creativity, belonging, understanding, familiarity, and amusement. Through Star Wars, I've done many cool things, met cool people, and have a great Star Wars-related ambitions. And I'll go for it, too. As life, lived in regret is no life at all. Uh... Is this depth of feeling just a girl thing? I don't know. Maybe it will become clear to you during, the, during your talk show. Thanks for the opportunity to talk at a non-demeaning audience about my love for Star Wars. See you, Kate. So, of course, you can visit Kate's website at dmeb2.net. Okay, now we got
3: Lady Mara that she said that the phone didn't ring, so maybe you got the wrong number.
5: Well, okay. I'm gonna try again. <laughs> this, this, this. That's right. So far. Then it's this. Then it's that. And then it's that. Because you called her earlier today. Yeah, that's it. I called her earlier today, too. And it's one ring. <laughs> We're going for three. After that, it's a strike. <laughs> Two rings. <laughs> Do you not hear the phone ring? Hello? <laughs> yes, hi. May we speak with Pam, please? One second. That must have been the lovely husband. We should have asked Hello. him. Hi, Pam. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Sebastian from Star Wars on Direct. And uh, we're calling you because we want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been interested in Star Wars since the first movie came out. Yep. And you've been hooked ever since. Yeah. Uh... Can you tell us a little bit about your passion for Star Wars? Well... What got you into it in the first place?
9: Oh, I've always been a science fiction fan uh, since I was a little girl. And I saw Star Wars first time in the theaters. Okay, now I'm dating myself, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And was totally mesmerized with... uh, Well, I fell in love with Han Solo. (laughs) <laughs> and uh um, I'd never seen a character like leia princess Leia before, and I just thought it was fantastic and as more movies came out, I got even more into it got into the the put it down there uh got into the the cartoons and the stuff and mm-hmm. the, the comic books and stuff I have almost a full collection of uh Star Wars
3: books.
9: Mhm. Uh several video games, board games, trivia games.
3: So you're
5: you're a big fan.
9: I'm a huge fan.
5: <laughs> well, you were saying earlier in the chat. I'm
9: a Star Wars RPG right now as we speak. Oh. <laughs>
5: okay. Well, hi everybody. <laughs> in the background. Um, uh, earlier, you said in the chat that uh, you had a little, you, you had a nice little family.
9: Yes, I have. Uh, I have four children, three boys and one little girl.
5: Now, I'm sure most of the Star Wars games are not only for you. Uh, you share them with your kids.
9: Oh, uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs>
5: do they actually enjoy the Star Wars universe? Oh, are yeah. they are they fans?
9: They're, they They play them more than I do, really. I've huh. got my ch- my my children totally brainwashed. <laughs>
5: So, is your little girl going to be dressed as uh Panme for the next Star Wars celebration
9: um i don't know uh she did uh, have the Amadala outfit for Halloween one a uh, couple of years ago but, oh. uh, i don't know if she's she's not really uh the dressed up kind
5: she's not into costuming too much
9: no not as much not, not as much as the, the rest of us are
5: i see <laughs> okay
9: we um you uh uh uh, Luke Skywalker's and Han Solo's <laughs> previous years.
5: <laughs> um, your husband probably answered the phone. Yes. Uh, how does he feel in you being all, all, uh, a Star Wars fan?
9: Uh, well, he tries to he tries to uh, be supportive. Uh, we end up having um, Star Wars uh, full days here on occasion, where we'll. Watch all the movies and play games and stuff like that, and it's just a totally Star Wars Day, and he likes to get in the in the
5: act. Okay, would you say that the Star Wars Day help your help your family go get getting together? Oh yeah, and sharing activities. Oh
9: yeah.
5: yeah See, that's that, that's a good point. We actually talked about that in another show, uh, Star Wars bringing people together, yeah. oh. families like that. Um, you know, you, you said you had a, you had a couple of friends over.
9: Uh, No, I don't have them over. I'm I'm playing online, actually. Oh, okay.
5: Uh, Very interesting, indeed. Uh, (laughs) Do these friends actually uh, think you're weird or anything? Do you have your workmates that believe you're not especially... uh, uh... Um,
9: I've only been called a Star Wars geek once, and that's from someone I didn't really even know. No, most of the people that I know are total fanatics. (laughs)
5: <laughs> it's always good to have a, a circle of fanatics around around us. Oh yeah. If we want everyone to understand, you know, what a thermal detonator is. <laughs> yeah. So, um do you enjoy um Star Wars the the, the Star Wars universe? in itself do you enjoy writing some fan fictions into it or uh, you you know you, you mentioned you play RPG do you actually write the stories for the RPG
9: um, yeah I have uh, come up with a couple of scenarios okay um, basically what we do is uh, it's, it's real time uh, we sit in a chat room and, and we come up with a storyline together we write it we write it together right on the spot. A new storyline every night.
5: Okay. Very interesting.
9: Oh, well, yeah. I think
5: it's <laughs> <very> <laughs> is, this, is this part of a website or uh, something like that you'd like to uh, promote? Pardon? Would you like to get some more uh, players out there with you?
9: Uh, quite honestly, I'm not the owner, so I'm not... Uh, I haven't actually asked this.
5: <laughs>
9: <laughs> if she would mind
5: Tricky question <laughs> Can
9: you hold on a moment?
5: Actually, you know what? Uh, you'll, you can ask her And you can actually Put the link in the chat room On Star Wars on Direct Okay That way people can actually Go see it from there Without any problems So well, that's good uh, Well, we've enjoyed Having you on the show
9: I say thank you
5: I thank you very much And uh, we hope you'll be uh, Keeping in touch with us And keep on keeping on Listening to the show
9: Yeah I, Well, I really enjoyed it Today It's my first time so.
5: <laughs> well, one little thing that I'm going quick, to quickly fix in uh, You're from Ontario Yes uh, Here in Canada And there's a convention in, uh, in the summertime called Toronto Trek Oh, I you, didn't know that You weren't were aware about that? No Okay, well stay online and I'll send you the links <laughs> uh, We might be making an appearance over there
9: Oh, wow, cool
5: So uh, maybe you can show up with the kids and have fun
9: Yeah, I think that would be great
5: Great, thank you very much Thank you Have a nice day you too, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Now it's maybe another
3: uh, Now it's email? a better try to do back. <laughs> okay. We could have re- read one email
5: in, be- in between. That's a good idea. Do you have to have one open? <laughs> no <laughs> I actually have seven or how many how many was that seven open?: We're going to go with Jedi Mistress Dragon. Um, her name is Pamela Kinney. Uh, she's been a fan, like other women. I knew of my generation back in May, 77. I made the costume. First one was Leia. A month later, at a convention, uh, that I, that, that I wore in 77. And my husband was a fan, too. We both saw A New Hope together, and we had just gotten out of the, of the Navy for good. No, I don't think there's less women into Star Wars anymore. Then there's than there ever has been less women into (laughs) science fiction. Just give me a few seconds there make things clear. Okay, there you go. Uh, I just think nowadays you hear more from those 30-something and 20-somethings males who brag about seeing Star Wars at the end of 6-12. I know I've seen little girls being taken to see these three trilogy films whenever I saw them and the woman my age were seeing them and lining up when all three were released. Uh, by the way, she she di- she's the one who directed Rise of Nobility plus the voice for one character is uh, it was written by my by her 30 something female friend and you can check it out at riseofnobility.com and it actually I believe has won some uh, fan audio awards. So something interesting to check out on. There you go. And we're going to be trying to call Duback. now.
3: What was the... It was just uh, busy?
5: <coughs> yeah, it was goes. busy earlier.
11: Hello? Dewback! Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty it's good. Been a, it's
3: been a long time uh, you, you got on the phone uh, for a Star Wars show, right?
5: <laughs> Oh yeah, it has been quite a while (laughs) We haven't heard you in a couple of years
11: (laughs) At least a year
5: (laughs) Uh, So, basically, Dub, you were one of the uh, The the, the The callers One of the callers, one of the team of Jedi Talk Uh, So you always had something to say And I suppose you have something to say about women in Star Wars fandom right now Oh yeah, I do (laughs) (laughs) Well, go ahead
11: Uh, Let's see, haven't met too many of them But all the ones I have met have been pretty nice to me and I'm sure they have a different outlook on the mo- on the the movies than us guys sometimes, and that that's always a, a valuable thing they have multiple viewpoints
7: mm-hmm
11: i know uh that's what that's what makes fandom pretty nice because everyone well people like Star Wars, but not everyone likes it for the same reasons and then you can uh discuss all your thoughts and really understand the it better actually
3: mm-hmm. You, you, you get the different points of view of view, uh, from everyone, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And why do you think there is less female fans than
5: men?
11: Mm, well, at least, at least I haven't met as many, that's all.
5: Okay. You are so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. Uh, every Star Wars fan is really cool to hang around. But women actually have this, you know, way of thinking that is different than us men. And they have... W- <laughs> Shut up, kid. <laughs> and they have way of of thinking about things and, you know, uh, giving us hints of, you know, maybe that's what Obi-Wan told Luke, in fact. Kind of my crazy theories, but something that makes sense. Okay. Because <laughs> mine don't.
3: <laughs> sensible crazy theories.
5: That's right.
11: Well, I mean, you have the, the whole classic example from Episode 2 where uh, Anakin wanted to express his feelings to... To Padme, and she was sensible about it, and said that she didn't think it would work, and that they both had a future, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to they didn't want to hurt each other's futures. Yeah. And she was sensible about it, and he was acting on his on his feelings more. Yeah. So it's sort of the same thing. Viewpoints of the same situation.
3: Yeah, that's true. Good point. So, anything else to add, do back?
11: Uh you keep up the good work, guys, and glad you're on the air.
3: And uh, we hope you will be calling back uh, on the
5: next shows. Oh yeah! I'll make sure to remind you that the show is on. <laughs>
11: <laughs> well, isn't as as r- regular as I, as I remember them being on, but but hey,
5: well, cool. It's, it's cool to have you with us tonight.
11: Oh, it's cool to have you guys on tonight.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so keep up the good work. I know you have a lot of programming uh, going on right now.
11: Oh, and, yeah, I uh, do. <laughs> we'll
5: we'll let you go back to that while you're listening to us. Okay. Thanks for being on the air with us. Bye. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> Cut him there a little fast. <laughs> i <get> you back. <laughs> okay. So, on to the emails now. Because <laughs> we do have uh, a
3: lot. When you're going to do the... Uh, U- uh, the Long Island lady up there from the New York line, just tell me uh, ahead of time. I'll put the intro. Okay. You got the number? No, but uh, we'll read her mail. She oh, okay, she okay. She, okay, she, no. she sent a, a long email. So. Okay, so which one was it? Yeah, there you go. So I she, She's next. Okay, bye. So
5: I'll, I'll do this one. After this one, okay. you can go with the intro.
3: Just, w- we'll
5: introduce her... A different way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we got this one from Insane Jedi Girl. She says, "Hi, I saw your call for female Star Wars, and I thought I would, uh, I would add in my two cents. First off, I found Star Wars back when the special editions was was released. I thought it was awesome that people stood in line for blocks just to see a movie. It was all downhill from there. To answer your question, I believe the reason the, a number of females are not into Star Wars lies in the number." In the the number Into sci-fi And consider themselves Geeky From what I have observed Teenage girls Pride themselves On coolness So in that fact Realizing Star Wars Is not cool uh, Between brackets uh, They proceed to like What society tells them Tell them is cool Between brackets again All about the image In some ways As for being a female Star Wars fan I find it nice Although most of my friends Are male With that rare female fan Thrown into the mix being around a group of people who have similar ideas and taste is great Especially after being an outcast It's good to be in with, with a crowd At least the Star Wars one anyways So, Hotham, thank you very much for your input And now we're going to introduce you to a very special guest we have on the show yeah. S- Sadly we're not so going to be calling her
3: No, she was supposed to be on the air But we didn't get her number
5: Because, so. well, I think No, we do have a number No Don't we? I don't think so. Yeah, we do.
3: Right here. Oh, uh, the, the last one?
5: No, okay. She said she should be there. But she's not.
3: But uh, is it at the end of the uh, of her first post?
5: Of her first email? Uh, let me check. Nope. What? Wow, that was oh, a okay. long email. <laughs> okay. So, okay. In, any, in any case... Okay.
3: Do you re- remember this?
2: Unbelievable. Look, among the nerds, I found an actual girl here. Look <laughs> at this. Not, not too shabby around here, huh, honey? The male-female ratio,
9: yeah? I mean, you've got your ver- veritable pick of the litter. You can choose from all of, all kinds of guys who have no idea how to please
7: you. <laughs> <laughs> She said
3: pretty much, yeah <laughs> Who's going to stand up to this challenge? I will. And there you go <laughs> The girl who was talking to Triumph that The the insult dog The insult dog O'Brien. Is uh, Samantha, Samantha Brudson. Brudson She was supposed to be on the air with us But we didn't have her number So, But she wrote us a long email So, so we're going to read it right yeah. now
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Samantha, I'm almost 21 I'm a huge Star Wars fan Oh yeah, and a girl A girl who loves Star Wars I actually discovered Star Wars in November 2001 I saw episode 1 on TV and fell in love with with it from there I think it was all the lightsaber battles and fighting that was going on I'm big into martial arts So I love all that weapons kind of action I think that's what my, that's what got my hat, my high That and Ewan McGregor Eh, another (laughs) Cheetor. I soon joined TFN's fan force with my local fan force in New York City. I made a few costumes. Role playing is always important when when you're a Star Wars fan. And I ended up on TV at my first Star Wars event ever on April 21st, 2002, at the release of the Episode 2 Toys in New York City. I was on about four to five different networks, including on the E-Network. Then came the New York Line, the lineup of Star Wars fans who are helping to raise money for charity as they waited in line for episode 2. I ended up being the most famous girl on the Conan O'Brien show, since I was interviewed by Triumph the Insult Comic in the famous Star Wars skit. If you've seen it, I'm the girl who can get any guy she wants, and the guy won't know how to please me. That's me. After that skit, I couldn't go anywhere without people recognizing me, work, school, sci-fi conventions. I got tons of emails and private messages, it was insane. Anyway, I soon ended up as staff for my fan force, made more costumes, and by the time Spring 2003 rolled around, real life stuff got in the way. School and work, and I've taken a less active role in fandom now. I do have a boyfriend, he's also a Star Wars fan, and dresses into costume too. We met at a sci-fi convention in Atlanta in August called Dragon Con, and have been together since. My parents think I'm stupid and silly for being obsessed with Star Wars and dressing up in costume. But they seem to forget most of the stuff I, I do while in costume is for charity. Charities are very important to a lot of Star Wars fans. They also tend to think that Star Wars is more of a priority in my life since I spend more time doing Star Wars stuff than studying for school. Well, at one point I did fail out of college because every weekend I had an event to go to. But it was worth it. I had a lot of fun. I, you're you sister. <laughs> I think in general women aren't supposed to be sci fi fans. So that's why there aren't a lot of women in Star Wars fandoms. Men like sci fi, men are the ones watching Star Trek and Twilight Zone, not women. I think that's just the stereotype that sci fi has gotten. That it's more of a male thing. Kinda like our romance movies are for women. It's like sci fi movies are for men. Although this day and age that that's all changing in wo- And women are helping to break down those stereotypes About sci-fi only being a man thing We're starting to see a lot more women in fandom these days And a lot more women at sci-fi conventions too A lot of us Star Wars fans also get this reputation That we are, in brackets, nerds and geeks while I'm a Star Wars fan, and I can probably take part your computer and rebuild it for you in a matter of 30 minutes and hack into your C-Drive, <laughs> I also have a black belt in Karate. I lead a normal life with normal, non-Star Wars, non-friendly, ner- non-nerdy friends. I don't wear big, black, nerdy glasses. I don't go around <laughs> quoting Star Wars all day. Every day and I definitely don't talk about it 24-7. Not all of us are nerds and geeks. When I tell people I'm a Star Wars fan... Or they see my bedroom The first thing they say Well You don't look like a nerd So Very nice input from Samantha Yeah And uh Brian give me your glasses (laughs) (laughs) Brian just got a new set of glasses They're new Don't mock them You know you're missing a little Sketch tape there in the middle I'd have to put like white tape maybe Yeah You gotta put white tape (laughs) <laughs> so uh, go,
3: go through uh, all the emails we got left because it's getting late and we have a, a half an hour Star Wars Galaxy segment. Okay,
5: so I'm gonna open so them all. There's five of them. Uh, they're left. Not, they're not all extra long, so don't worry about it. Okay, this one is from Jackie. She says, "Hello, under Egg This is in response to your kind of invitation to take part in the Girl Power of the Star Wars fandom. The, the details of which I posted on the message board on the MEB2." Uh, she says very interesting things. Uh, Ultimately, uh, about the uh, obsession for Darth Maul and Star Wars, uh, it says that it has enriched our life by becoming an outlet for our creativity and broadening communication with friends of both sexes. It has enabled many of us to develop skills we would never have thought possible and we've been able to integrate these in our daily life and work. For some, it has prompted a a change in our work or career direction and even marriage and emigration to another country. As for what our partner, childrens, and workmate thinks, who cares? They have their own obsessions, and while I would not like them to read my funny little stories, too rude for wanting, we all need to have interest outside the daily grind of work. But yes, my work colleagues think I'm very weird, and not at all a typical woman. <laughs> Fortunately, my husband tolerates the life-size cardboard stand-up of Darth Maul, which stands at the foot of my bed, and the mounds of books, and the hours at the keyboard, and the trips to the States, and the Mole toys, and all the rest of it. My children do not understand it at all, and I would prefer not to know. One or two things should be noted here. George Lucas is generous in allowing Star Wars fans to use his copyrighted characters, world, worlds, and situations. Fan sites and activities devoted to such as Dragons of Perns or Lord of the Rings are ruthlessly, ruthlessly suppressed when they appear. We should recognize that while our activities increase the size of George's wallet by a considerable sum, we have been given an unusual freedom to express ourselves using his ideas and material. Also, while some might, despite the simplistic philosophy of the Star Wars films, these activities, whether undertaken by boy or girl, are a force for good in the world. Something not to be sneered at. Long may your sight prosper, I shall visit tomorrow. Best wishes, Dark Lady. So, she's the web mistress she, she is a co-webmistress... On the... Lester Jane Brigade. Uh, we have... Joan Exux... Who... Sent us a nice... A very nice little email. I've been a Star Wars fan... Since I was 13. I had about... I had about Star Wars in my life. And it was a movie... We had in our video cabinet. I was bored, so I stuck it in and watched it. Now I'm 21, I've collected over 40 novels, along with a few companion books, watched the classic trilogy more times than I can count, and have many memories of of torturing my family and classmates with Star Wars trivia in 99. I was nuts, and I was counting down the days from the November before. Partially, I like being a Star Wars fanatic uh, throughout my school years because... It too made me different. And I like that. Because I really like watched A New Hope for the first time. I was doing all the things that the girls were supposed to do. The tea set, the stuffed animals, and all that nice stuff. I all like Ninja Turtles and Street Fighter. So I guess, with Star Wars, I finally found my niche. There you go. Nice little story of life. Yep. Okay. Uh, we we'll received we'll see a nice email from Mrs. Jen. I remember seeing Star Wars for the first time. I went to see it with my parents at the drive-in. I was 11. It's difficult to, test, to tell you why I love it so much. I love all the movies, but episode 1 is my favorite if I have to pick one. Frankly, I find myself utterly surprised that everyone doesn't love, doesn't love it. When I'm a teenager that has never seen any of the Star Wars movie, all I can do is seriously question their parentage. I mean, this is the mythology of our generation. How can we not pass it on? At least it's the mythology of a whole lot of us. I met my best friend of the past 20 years uh, because of Star Wars. She's also a major fan. And I don't even want to date someone who doesn't get it. Someone who thinks it's just a movie. Someone I once dated and felt embarrassed to tell me that he covered his bedroom walls with Star Wars action figures. Even after I told him I was a huge Star Wars fan. He was 32 at the time and I was 34. I walked into his bedroom and sure enough there must have been 150 or more carded figure on the walls. He said, So, does this turn you on? I laughed and said, Yeah, it really does. I told him we should see my apartment. I have a lot more collectible everywhere you look. I have, read, I have an R2-D2 and C2P or rear rug in my bedroom. I also had the pleasure of making my living because of Star Wars. For two wonderful years, I worked on the official Star Wars fan club. I talked to Anthony Daniels on the phone and became good friends with one of the great Star Wars and comic book artists out there today, Hugh Fleming. It was a wonderful experience. I'd still be there, be there today if I could. Star Wars fandom has a very diverse following. You have fans that are into all the books and the Expanded Universe stuff and those that play the role-playing game and others that are purists for the movies. Only, like myself, for me, Boba Fett died in that Sarlacc. Luke would never fall in love with a woman as mean and as horrible as Mara Jade and Chewie lives. (laughs) For the guys, it's all action. For the most of us girls, it's the romance. Star Wars (coughs) has a lot of it. It's a very deep and moving story, and there's a lot of female fan action to support that. Fan fiction. uh, Fan fiction to support that. I've written my own expanded universe, as many people have, taking our our love for Star Wars and the characters George Lucas gave us and running with it for our own personal enjoyment. If I ever get married and we have a child, I want to call him Sky Walker, Jen, or her, her last name, Some might call me obsessed But I prefer to say That I'm simply Hyper-focused And why not? I'm sure a lot happier Than the people Who tell me I have too much time On my hands I can't agree with her more Mm. See? They give us The good reasons To be Star Wars fans Mm. Men could never Come up with reasons As good as that That's why we need Women in Star Wars (laughs) fans Um Julie uh, Sent us an email Uh Answering to our questions, why are there fewer women than than men in Star Wars fans? I believe part of the answer lies in the fact that Star Wars is science fiction. Sci-fi just doesn't appeal to to anyone. Besides, women naturally like different things than men. Okay, I know that that is a sweeping generalization, and yes, I'm a female and I happen to love all things Star Wars. Star Wars is a wonderful thing. It's a universe where fans of all sorts can lose themselves to the imaginations of many talented authors. Being an avid reader I generally gravitate toward the book the books. But the movies are great too. I collect lots of action figures and such. Everyone had to have a passion like Star Wars. It makes it easy on those who buy your Christmas and birthday gifts, Julie. So <coughs> it is true indeed. Like for us here in Montreal, you just have to go to one website and there you go. <sighs> I'm gonna catch my bread in a little bit of water <laughs> there because I'm gonna cuff. So we're
6: getting good emails and positive response from this we, Sebastian.
5: We are. Thank you for all of you women who actually wrote to us. I think that's one of of the the most answered questions we've ever had, uh, we ever have received. Okay. (coughs) Jennifer sent us a nice email with a nice picture of her in in her Stormtrooper outfit as well. Uh, Why do you think there are more male than female Star Wars fans? I don't really think there are Women fans just have to be more outspoken about it To be noticed Because the culture outside of fandom As labeled Star Wars is such a male thing Women in general are afraid to go Hey, Star Wars rocks As it may give people around them The impression that they are less feminine Or butch
6: I don't believe that
5: I was introduced to Star Wars when I was 8 My dad brought all 3 of the movies And we stayed up till one night the morning um, Watching them all Twice I've been a fan ever since. Ansula was my childhood crush, and when episode one came out, I saw it twice. I'm not currently dating, but all my male friends love that I'm into Star Wars. And that I know something about sci-fi in general. I mean that I'm the friend they call when they feel the need for a really geeky afternoon or sort of sorts, and we have a lot of fun being complete idiots quoting, quoted, quoting Star Wars lines in our papers and class discussions. For two years in high school, I was known as, by the masses as that freaky Star Wars chick. And it's, and it's one of the greatest school memories I have. What is even better is that one of my best friends was obsessed as I was. When Attack of the Clones came out, I won a prize, a trip, a trip for two to see a movie during the school day. You guessed it, another of my best memories. <laughs> I'm greatly anticipating Episode 3's release, and when I will actually be able to join the party in the line outside the theaters. In closing, Star Wars rules. Yeah There you go
6: That's it <laughs> So true
5: Yes Star Wars does rule mm.
3: So So Brian uh, What are your comments on, on the subject I really think That it's positive
5: And all that kind of things mm. <laughs> 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 Yes ladies <laughs> and <laughs> gentlemen General He has okay. been having fun With Samus Aran From Metroid <laughs> I have nothing Against
6: women In, in sci-fi okay. Proof is I'm playing Metroid And I am currently Addicted the whole series
5: <laughs> Hi My name is Sebastian I'm a Star Wars fan I'm addicted And I want my girlfriend To be a Star Wars fan too There you go yeah. You wanna go Go then You can do it No uh, <laughs> The same <laughs> Pretty much the same thing <laughs> I don't think She She
3: She, she has just uh, She has to respect That we put a lot of time Into Star Wars For the fandom That's Well I have it.
6: One friend Through Star Wars Who's more of a, fan, more of a geek Than I am Okay and she's a girl on Okay, sh- I thought you watch, were speaking about Sebastian. <laughs> I it's not
5: because I have a long hair bred together that I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? I didn't cut them for five years. Oh, so you never done it.
6: never done the braids?
5: What, th- this? Yeah. yeah. I do them, like, every day.
3: Back on subject, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> In
5: any case... <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I do believe... Uh, just like jennifer said it 's because it 's a matter of outspeaking themselves uh look don 't care about what other people think if it happens to be they are much geekier than you are on something else than Star Wars, you know, like soap operas that 's it, yeah, you know reality shows, and it 's still fantasy. The soap so- opera yeah, like Soap <laughs> operas are still fa- Fantastic fiction and fantasy You know it's That's not believable <laughs> That's right Dr. Dr. Drake Ramore Doesn't exist Perk Place Doesn't exist There is no Phoebe Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
3: we'll go uh, on a musical break And we will be right
5: back With uh, Wookiee Mark And the Star Wars Galaxy That's segment. right You're going to be listening To I'm With You From Avril Lavigne And we'll be right back With you on Star Wars Direct.
7: You're standing on the bridge I'm waiting in the dark I thought that you'd be here by now There's nothing but the rain no footsteps on the ground. I'm listening, but there's no sound. Isn't anyone trying to find me? Won't somebody come take me home? It's that.
3: Welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Now it's time for the Star Wars Galaxy segment, and we have on the phone Wookie Mart, our expert Star Wars Gala- on Star Wars Galaxy. Hi, Martin. Hey, how's it going? Fine, and you?
13: Oh, pretty good, pretty good.
3: So what happened with your character since the last time <laughs> we, meet? Oh, we met? Oh,
13: it's been up and down, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the trials of a, a, a rebel life. <laughs> i <could> say. <laughs> I've, encountered a, I've encountered a few problems, uh, but you know, for the most part, mostly positive. Good. And a, a, a few career adjustments along the line.
7: Nothing
13: <laughs> major.
3: Okay. Uh, we're calling you because uh, we had a major publish. Yep.
13: Uh, yes, the, recently, the publish number six. Yes. As they call it. And this one is pretty interesting because it uh, it really shows us how devoted the developers are to making sure the environment stays true to form. Yeah. And they finally uh, addressed an issue that had been a problem for quite a while now, which was the big gap in population difference between the the, the Imperials and the Rebels. Uh-huh. There were so many more Rebel players versus the amount of Imperial players that it created an unrealistic balance. Yeah. So what they did is they basically um enforced they basically added a whole lot more imperial troops in mm-hmm. in the cities, uh which they, uh, they properly call? named it the Imperial Crackdown. Okay. So basically what it is is um Imperial troops just patrolling uh controlled sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, evidently big cities like in on Karelia Mm-hmm. And Tatooine.
3: basically what we see in episode 4
13: exactly, yeah, okay. exactly that uh, basically troops just establishing checkpoints uh, in a random manner so mm-hmm. that they're not predictable therefore avoidable
3: mm-hmm.
13: and uh, basically they look for any and all contraband and rebel items
3: okay, like? Uh,
13: what falls into the contraband materials are the uh, spices uh, okay. Any drug that can be found, uh, there's a list, quite long of them, that which I won't go into, mm-hmm. but uh, any spice found on your person during a um, what they call a, pre- uh, a shakedown or a, a checkpoint.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh,
13: if you're scanned and uh, these items are found on you, then uh, you will uh, suffer the repercussions. Okay. Now, obviously, the repercussions differ. According to what your affiliation is,
7: uh-huh. if you're an
13: imperial, then you will probably lose imperial ranking and uh-huh. be fined a certain amount of credits. Okay. If you're a neutral player, what you will do is you will be. Is, uh, neutral players will, I figure, will probably suffer the same fate as an imperial player, uh-huh. but with less impact. Okay. Uh, however, the rebels get the dirty end of the deal because <laughs> if they are caught with. Uh, rebel material, or are discovered to be rebel, mm-hmm. because even though you're a covert uh, rebel agent, you could be found to be a rebel agent. Okay. Uh, during the the routine patrol. Mm-hmm. So what could happen is well, what happens if you're found to be guilty? Then you're they don't ask questions; they just shoot <laughs> you on the site. it's like, okay, <laughs>
3: run for your life. <laughs> yeah.
13: And uh, I've seen quite a big amount of troops mm-hmm. at. Uh, this was on the first day they made the uh, upgrade, and I guess there was still some stuff to be weeded out. But I lost count after after 50 stormtroopers in Coronet City. Fifty? Fifty. Ouch. So I don't know if that's going to be the standard crackdown procedure. If it is, it's going to be nasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you won't shoot your way out of that situation. You really want mm-hmm. to, like, sneak through.
3: Okay. You di-
13: the best way to do that will be uh, if you're an Imperial player and you okay. actually deal in illegal goods. Uh, what you're going to need to do is be a high-ranking officer. Okay. The higher your rank, the more chance, the less chance you have of being caught.
7: Okay. Basically,
13: you're pulling rank on the troopers and going,
7: mm-hmm.
13: no, you're not scanning me.
7: Okay. Uh,
13: what happens for other players is they need to have a smuggler or be a smuggler. Okay. Uh, If they have a smuggler within their group of players, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a chance the 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 smuggler's abilities, according to his ability to smuggle, will uh, give them a better percentage of chance to sneak the goods by. Okay. So, obviously, that uh, that upgrade automatically makes the smuggler much more interesting (laughs) in the in the game. Okay. So uh, that's a profession that got a little boost because they didn't really have, you know, everybody was waiting for the space expansion for the smugglers to really get interesting. Mm-hmm. But it looked like we were getting a little bonus beforehand.
3: Mm-hmm. And how does the Imperial come into a city? Do they arrive by shuttle? Can you see the shuttle arriving or they just pop up out of nowhere?
13: I don't know. I figure they come out of the starport, okay. logically. Mm-hmm. Um but I haven't personally witnessed a crackdown yet. Okay. So it's going to be hard because it's, like I said, it's a random thing, or it's not in the, uh, you know, they don't they don't call ahead, <laughs> <So laughs> okay. just drop in and start scanning you. Okay. What they will do is walk into the cantinas more, even though it's not a crackdown. Some stormtroopers might just walk into the uh, the cantina and start, you know,
3: asking really questions for the
13: <laughs> the non-imperial players in the cantina. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to have a whole lot more local trouble. <laughs> yeah.
3: And it's more realistic with the movie. so.
13: Yeah, well, I, you know, they have to remain true to the uh, timeline
7: yeah. where they
13: situated the game. And where, where it is right now is right after the destruction of the first Death Star. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Imperials are, you know, on the warpath. Yeah. I mean, uh, they just suffered a major blow and they're not happy about it, so obviously they're going to be nasty towards anything and everything that is remotely rebel, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Mm. That's okay like that. And it creates a much more interesting aspect because I have to admit every rebel player was a bit cocky. <laughs> I mean, we we're running around, you know, flaunting in every city that we we're rebel and blah blah blah. Now all of a sudden, you know, you sort of around the mouth. corner before you start running, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the second, the second uh, major feature was the redesign of the, of the best time.
13: Yes, uh, that is the first of many to come mm-hmm. uh, because one of the issues in the game was that every city looked alike. There was nothing to really differentiate ev- any city from one another. So what they...
3: We're do- within a planet.
13: Within a planet, yes. Okay. But within the planet yes because obviously of the architectural yeah. uh structures but the layout was pretty much the same as okay. well so it was kind of an annoying thing uh a lot less, um what's fun about Destine is it's become a much more uh angular area You know, in the city, it's not always a grid square. Streets aren't always uh, 90 degrees to one another. And that's what's fun about the redesign of Bestine. Uh, Everything comes in at angles. You feel like you're in an old city.
7: Okay.
13: An old European city with weird angles and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, The landscape also is uh, very personalized. You get a much more interesting feeling. Uh, You get the real feel that you are in uh, the areas... Uh, that are explored in the uh, Phantom Menace. You know, those big outcropping of rocks that we we didn't really see in Episode 4, but were truly introduced in Episode 1. You get those really weird and great-looking outcroppings of rocks.
3: And maybe in Episode 2, when Anakin is going after his mother?
13: Yeah like okay. that it's really beautiful you know yeah, okay. uh, you get a really interesting feel of landscape and the scale is really interesting as well okay uh, and obviously Bestine is a an imperial controlled city mm-hmm. that is where the governor of Tatooine is okay. based
3: it's the capital right
13: uh, bestine is the capital of tatooine if i recall okay, yeah. and that's where the governor is established okay so uh it would be it's obvious that this city is under imperial control therefore rebels don't run around you know <laughs> Uh, you know uh, trying wolf left and right yeah (laughs) the um, uh, and there's actually a political uh, element to the city which is interesting because you can actually influence directly who will be running the city you have a choice of either the imperial governor Mm -hmm. or uh, uh, a commercial governor which whom I forget the name um but the thing is, basically, you cast your, by doing a few missions for the, uh, the, govern, the local governor,
7: mm-hmm.
13: you basically, uh, vote for one or the other. Mm-hmm. And if more, if enough players do that uh, for one side, then, uh, the city, uh, the city's control will vary. So what that means is, uh, if more people play, uh, do the, the quests in a positive aspect, toward the imperial governor, mm-hmm. then what happens is the city remains under imperial control. Okay. However, if it should fall under uh, commercial directorship, mm-hmm. then what that means is that the imperials will withdraw some of their forces, therefore opening up the city to attacks from the Tuscan raiders.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so
13: it, there is a plus, but there's always a price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, yes, we were getting, like if the rebels decide to get rid of Imperial presence there by going there and influencing the political landscape. Mm -hmm. What happens is that they're opening up the city to attacks. So I don't know how exactly that's going to work out because those are long-term investments. You know, you you start that's where you invest your character politically, and the results are seen after a while. Okay. I don't know what the rate of election is. Is it going to be every week, every month? I don't know. Okay. Uh, But you figure that's pretty interesting
3: And we can expect that change In every redesign of a city?
13: Uh, well, I guess they're going to re-de- uh, Every other month, I think Or uh, on a regular basis They will redesign a city uh, What we call a static city Therefore not a player city But cities that are known and established In the expanded universe of Star Wars Okay. And the basic universe as well
3: Okay, next is the chef profession
13: Yes of the uh one of the professions that got boosted on its own without any like uh social context, mm-hmm. uh like the imperial crackdown did with the smugglers uh basically what the chefs do is they now create food uh, basically what the food did beforehand was give you a little bonus on your uh, abilities okay your uh, health your action and your mind could be boosted like if you drank a really good a well made cup of coffee then your mind would be more efficient. Okay. It's all about attributes here. This is just, you know, numbers. It's all about getting the good numbers to go ahead and try and beat a rancor. Okay. <laughs> Obviously you're gonna need maybe a, a cup of coffee and maybe a little something else in the coffee just to make sure you face uh you can face <laughs> off a Rancor. Uh the We're talking
3: about uh all the different uh Y- modification made uh, like going after uh, some new uh, after eggs and everything yes
7: well
13: that obviously if the chefs get uh, more uh, more of an impact in the game that means they're going to need resources to make their foods mhm now they have a quite a variety of the menu has gotten bigger basically okay so now they need uh, more uh, materials more basic resources to do that and some of those are eggs, milk and uh, crustaceans. Those oh. are the three elements that have been worked on now, The eggs you can find in pretty much any nest you run across in the field. The milk is another story, however, <laughs> because you, you have to find a mammal, obviously
7: mm-hmm.
13: uh, a herbivore mammal in the field, and milk it, which is weird you know that that's causing a lot of uh, a lot of humor among the players because most of us are looking at it and going. Okay, who's gonna go milk the rancor? <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, it's becoming uh, an inside joke for everybody. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. And uh, I was looking at it, and uh, I don't know if anyone's aware of the painting American Gothic, but I had a flash of Karelian Gothic, <laughs> 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 which is a painting of a farmer. And I won't go too much in detail on that, but let's just say those people who know that painting will get the picture. Uh-huh. Um, The, um, so yes, and the crustaceans, there's a new uh, harvesting element to go fishing for crustaceans in the river, beds, and stuff like that, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, That all goes towards helping the chef make uh, better food, obviously. So, uh, since Star Wars Galaxies and most massive online role-playing games are resource acquisition games Uh, it's a sad reality of the game you have to get resources to move on so the trick about those games is just making sure that it's not just a resource management game but also a good basis for role playing which they've managed like with this new update they've managed to like bring back the role playing elements because beforehand it was kind of stuck in a resource management thing Okay. the only thing you could actually find value in doing was just that, you know, finding the better resource and doing the better things with it. And to my mind, that sort of kills the essence of a a tool for role-playing like this one, like Mm -hmm. this game is. Okay. So when they do uh, stuff like the Imperial Trackdown, that, that, to my mind, is good work.
3: Yeah. Okay, uh, next feature is the vehicle enhancement.
13: Yes. Well, another way to uh, personalize your vehicles the first way to personalize your vehicles mm-hmm. because beforehand the only thing you had was a choice of three different vehicles and if you ran into a parking lot filled with X34 land speeders you were kind of screwed because try and find out which one is yours <laughs> 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 so now you can put a, a customized paint job on it okay. well, the way it works is you get a kit and you basically you don't change what uh, the, the look of the paint job you just change the color scheme okay. so you get a, an interesting palette Palette of colors mm-hmm. that you can apply. Uh, you can decide the frame color and then the trim color. So okay. that's the way it's going to work. So uh, it's pretty interesting. I ha- ha- for weird colors, yeah. color uh, schemes, though. I have difficulty. have weird taste yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have difficulty to see a, a yellow lens, speed
13: <laughs> Yes, well, it's been seen. <laughs> oh, you go man. yellow and black. It's interesting because you get you have you have that yellow jacket feeling, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. But when you're looking at sky blue and Bon Bon Pink, it's like a little weird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you could paint it, uh, sand the sand color on Tatooine, so it's a little uh, bit camouflage?
13: Pastel, <laughs> co- mostly pastel colors. Mm-hmm. So, But yes, you could actually find a color scheme that fits your environment mm-hmm. and have a little bit more camouflage. You know?
7: yeah.
13: So that's a little interesting. But it doesn't have a real impact. As far as targeting goes,
7: mm-hmm, okay.
13: because when you're against another player, the targeting doesn't really work in the sense that you have to see him to target him. Okay. So uh, the interface is not actually like that. It would be a little too complicated as far as game mechanics go. Okay. If it, if we had to see the target to target it, it's hard enough just clicking on something in the game sometimes when all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thank God for uh, you know keyboard and uh quick keys to start targeting things. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, key next point in the feature is the revised theme park re- yes. rewards well, for what Imperial. What they did,
11: basically, is that uh,
13: you have theme parks like Jabba's Palace and the Imperial uh, Palace, where the Emperor is sitting, and the Rebel Base, where Leia has, is in hiding. Mm-hmm. So those are, uh, well, not only Leia, but uh, actually the Rebels are in, not in one fixed location. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're spread out amongst many planets, Okay. whereas the Imperial... The Imp- the uh, emperor, sorry, as he established his seat on the boot,
7: mm-hmm.
13: which is rightfully well, his right, technically. Yeah. He is Nubian, after all. Yeah. So, um, the, or, so we imagine, it's probably going to be established in episode three. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, basically, what that does is that those theme parks, you basically, the way it works, I'll use Jabba's Palace as, as an example. Okay. You, um, you come to the front door and you talk to somebody, and he asks you, Where do you think you're going? You're not going in Jabba's Palace. <laughs> if you want to, I have some work for you. So if you do right, I'll let you in. So then you start working for the guy, and you get paid, and you get faction points for Jabba's Palace. And mm-hmm. eventually they let you in further, further in to the palace. So you discover chamber after, you know, layer mm-hmm. after layer of the palace, until mm-hmm. so finally you make it to Jabba's court, and then he gives you work. That's itself, <laughs> which is pretty interesting, you know. Uh, it's it's a, a little perk that the game adds, you know.
7: Which it's fun,
13: you know, because it's all about role playing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, since it's a role playing game, and you want to say, "Hey, I'm working for Jabba's Palace. I'm working for Jabba down on Tatooine," then what do you have to prove for it? Well, since you went through the theme park, basically you got a badge for it.
3: Oh, that's cool.
13: And now the. Basically the fact that they revised the theme park means that you're getting better uh what they call the loot system. Okay. So basically when you when you do missions sometimes you'll be called upon to kill some enemies of Java mm-hmm. and you'll you'll pick up more interesting items. Okay. Because the problem is we weren't picking up anything, you know, we weren't finding anything interesting. So nobody was playing those theme parks anymore. Okay. Uh you know when you <laughs> I remember finishing the the first Rebel theme park and winding up with a pistol that had nothing to do with my profession <laughs> it was a commando pistol which i was totally underclass to use mm-hmm. like what the heck am i going to do with this <laughs> it, actually it looked like a hair dryer so i sort of played with that you know
3: <laughs> so, freeze <laughs> you know with the hair
13: yeah you know it was fun you know it's like you give it to an image designer and you can just do your hair over and stuff like that. That can be fun. <laughs> but aside from that, you know, it wasn't really giving me anything interesting. Okay. So uh, I I will have to go do redo them to actually see what the new loot system is.
3: Oh, that's cool.
13: Uh, so it's interesting. They're probably, you know, like putting more in. They're reactivating the interest in those elements of the game that were probably left behind by players since they realized that there was nothing much to be gained from it since you know when you play a game you want to like get goodies now and then you know yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay and next question the...
13: and uh, well there's there, there's been these theme parks and there's been a lot of technical cleanup for quests and stuff like that that were flawed some of them were bugged that you wound up in a uh, in a dead end you know, okay like you do the whole quest and the last aspect of the quest would bug and so that's more technical stuff but they've cleaned out a lot of that okay so the game is more stable there's uh, there's a fulfilling factor that is there that wasn't there before on certain elements of the game okay. and the new visual buff system that's another aspect that was added yeah. basically the we were talking about the food uh, beforehand that did uh, gave you uh, ability buffs now mm-hmm. uh, that's what a buff is. Basically, you get a boost to your, uh, let's say, your health bar.
3: Okay.
13: Uh, say you have normally your character has a thousand points of life. Then by eating certain foods that will give you boosts, a buff to your life, you can go to 1,500 life or 2,000 life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get buffs by doctors and uh, entertainers will give you a mind buff, which is okay. mind bar. Uh, so every profession has its impact on specific attributes on a character you know a doctor won't be able to boost all your stats some of them and the entertainer will be able to boost another aspect of your stats so it basically creates interaction between the the different professions in the game and what the new visual buff system means is basically you get a little window on your screen that tells you what is boosted and for how long Okay. it's just a you get
3: a little time ti- you get a little timer and
13: uh... exactly you know okay, uh, which is practical, you know, because sometimes you don't really pay attention to the lo- the three colored bars on the top of your screen, you
3: know okay, you know, oh, I got one minute left to kill that rancor <laughs> <laughs>
13: yes it's do or die, <laughs> so uh yes, it's another aspect of the game that's pretty interesting,
3: okay, that's
13: pretty much the big mm. issues you know that have been covered with this publish, which isn't. Saying, which is saying a lot, basically, because no. that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's as a. As far a... as the background people are concerned, mm. I mean, simply redesigning the entire Best Nine City, and again, the upgrade has been done, and it is totally stable. The uh, they upgraded last week, mm-hmm. and the system hasn't been down. So I guess that's a good testament to the quality of the work they do yeah. for that yeah. game. Because usually, everybody know everybody who's played a computer game with an update knows that when you get a new update. Usually bugs show up,
7: yeah.
13: and this one, nothing major. You know, little things which were fixed within a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the, that uh, I, I tip my hat to the technical people mm-hmm. that do all the work behind this game, because even though it's not totally there yet, it certainly is very entertaining and stable, mm-hmm. as far as uh, a role playing mm-hmm. on uh, computer role playing goes. Yeah. It's it's a very stable game. I'm totally secure in the fact that this game will keep going on positively and strongly. It's got many years ahead of it.
3: And it's a huge uh, update. It's one of the biggest, I think. Uh,
13: Yeah, it's one of the biggest, but they're only... That role-playing
3: side. They're actually
13: not bringing in anything totally new to the game system Mm -hmm. environment. When they brought in the vehicles and the creatures, I think that was more of an impact okay. than anything else. This is just, you know, redoing the maps, redesigning the places, mm-hmm. tweaking up elements that were already there. There weren't yeah. ac- uh, The only new thing that was really introduced was, uh, you know, a whole lot more NPCs running around in cities, which are the Imperial troops patrolling around. So I think it's just, from a technical point of view, I guess it's just uh, all about... Making sure your artificial artificial mm-hmm. intelligence don't screw up when yeah. interacting with one another. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, you know, there's no new game mechanic, new game system. Uh, well, probably when they do the scans, that's probably something new as well. But, again, that's all behind the scenes, stuff mm-hmm. we don't see, so it's hard to extrapolate on it. But,
3: but most of, of the, the changes are done for RPG yes. purpose. So. Yes,
13: yes. And that's going to keep going, you know, like the Imperial Crackdown is one of need to come. Uh, so I guess they're going to start, you know, fitting us in more to the social and political situation of the universe uh, that way, which is really fun. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, that's probably the best aspect of the game yet. I can't wait to run into a, a squad of Stormtroopers and try to block way through, you know. This is all going to be done mechanically, automatically by the game, so you won't actually have to tell anything to this trooper mm-hmm. the bluff him, but still, you know, it's going to be to say, we made it fast, you know, we didn't get shot,
7: <laughs> <laughs>
13: <laughs> or bam, ow, I'm oh, dead.
3: <laughs> Okay, next was a, a, a team comment from Rich Vogel.
13: Yeah, Rick Vogel. Yeah. Uh, he is the uh, leader, the executive producer of the product, and basically he's addressing the state of the game
7: okay. as it
13: is. Basically, he does a little look back on the game and, uh, you know, at how they address the issues and pretty much what I just said, you know, as far as uh, the work they put into the game, mm-hmm. making sure that it was stable and everything. Uh, however, he does drop. A few little interesting aspects in his uh, in his uh, article about the uh, more upcoming uh, city redesigns and uh, uh, material like the Imperial Crackdown and stuff like uh-huh. that. So y- you get a sense that they are really hard at work at making sure that there is material out there for us. They are uh, they're concentrating on the con- now that the mechanic of the game is good and it's stable. What they're doing is they're continuing to keep an eye on the stability of the game and making sure that there aren't too many problems. Uh, They actively hunt down cheaters in the game as well. Apparently there's been hundreds of players that have been banned from playing the game because they found a loophole, they found a way to cheat, and stuff like that. Cheating in in this type of game might be, you know, just... Getting access without paying, you know, stuff like okay.
3: that. You got the real Imperial going after the rebels.
13: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those Imperials I, I kind of like, you know, because whenever a game gets, you know, cheated upon by illegal players, everybody mm-hmm. loses because yeah. know, then the environment isn't fair and it's not fun for anybody. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh,
3: I just saw in the text that uh, this month was the Imperial crackdown and next month. Was the droid invasion?
13: Yes, the droid invasion. That's going to be the next big update. Uh, they're going to revamp the droid engineer profession okay. and the uh, role that droids play in the combat in combat scenarios. Okay. So the probe droids are probably going to get better weaponry, stuff like that, armor maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's to be that remains to be seen. Uh, I'm sure they'll do something really interesting. Uh, haven't been really disappointed yet uh, as far as. Uh, as far as the developments came out, you know, every mm-hmm. time they come out with something new, there are drawbacks. But there's also there's more interesting stuff than there are drawbacks, so it comes out on the positive side. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and people want to know, myself included, what's happening with the space expansion. <laughs> <laughs>
13: well, apparently the, they've had a design team on the subject. They're working really hard on it. To make sure that it will be fun not only to fly around in space, but to actually build the starships. Okay. So those are going to be the two main aspects of that expansion: will be the ability to build and customize the ships, as well as, you know, uh, flying them around. So let's take uh, the profession of the smuggler, for for instances.
3: They will have to nerf it, I think. (laughs) Uh,
13: Nerf it or not? It depends. It depends how it's going to come out. Yeah. Basically, because it's always hard when you when you do something like that. You work it on paper
7: first, mm-hmm.
13: and then you set you establish rules of conduct and yeah. basically a general scenario. But until you've actually played yeah. it, you're not going to know the exact results of
3: it. No, I it, it's just a personal feel. I think a lot of people will want to do what Anselu did. So of course, I, I'm sure the <laughs> okay. smugger will. They will be popping up everywhere. That's okay,
13: because whenever a dictatorship is in power... The first thing that happens is the black market goes yeah. up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's true
13: <laughs> that's in any given universe you're going to always get that so yeah. that, I'm okay by that
3: <laughs>
13: <laughs> and so it's going to be fun too, you know uh, running around in space and,
3: and you' have in space you're going to have patrol crackdowns you
13: obviously you know they're, they're going like uh, to have border border controls and yeah. probably uh blockades yeah. that you're going to have to run through. So the Corellian ships are going to be pretty interesting. you know. And I think right there and then, when we start to get the ships, you're going to have a different relationship from planet to planet. Mm -hmm. Like, each planet is going to get more personality and stuff like that, so it's probably going to be more interesting. It's probably going to be really hard to actually go to certain planets like uh, Yavin 4 Mm -hmm. and Dathomir and stuff like
3: that. I can't imagine in five years what the game will be.
13: Uh <laughs> hopefully not more expensive than it is right now to play, it, even yeah. though it's not very expensive yeah. to play. It is an investment. Let's not lie to anybody. It's at least a if you're gonna play for a full year it's at least a two hundred dollar investment. Mm-hmm. But uh the um, you know, for two hundred dollars if you're willing to put in the hours, you get more than your money's worth.
3: <laughs> I know people that put more than two hundred bucks. For a website, so
13: yeah, well there you go. So uh, <laughs> you know, people just spend a lot of money. It's according to what you want to spend and what you want to do with it. Yeah, that's the fun thing about it. Is, like I said in the beginning of uh, when this game came out, they reworked it as a tool. It's not a pretext. It's a tool. You just do whatever you want with it within the environment of Star Wars. They get they gave us a tool to play around in the Star Wars universe with. Obviously you're gonna encounter people that don't necessarily have the you know that's that just brings the arguments of oh well my version my uh, sense of Star Wars is this, oh, but my sense of Star Wars is that and everything, so that creates arguments obviously, mm-hmm. but that's what being a fan of something is you know it's just having different opinions on things and just being able to play around in it and having fun.
3: Well, that we, that ends well uh, our discussion, I think. Okay. So, uh, when do you think uh, we, we will be talking to you again?
7: Oh, well,
13: uh, I'll probably have some good words for you. Uh, it might be fun once I've had a chance to get beat upon by the Imperials a <laughs> little. It might be fun to. The testimony of a dead rebel might be interesting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> sure will, and uh, yeah, we will be talking about also the Geonosian thing. You yes, told there's me about. a
13: new dungeon in the works, and uh, they're actually inserting a lot more um, prequel material okay. into the game. Obviously, because the universe came from somewhere,
7: mm-hmm.
13: it's fun to know that the stuff is still there. You know, somehow. So That's cool. However, the thing is, you know, since we don't know what happens in Episode 3, it's going to be hard to extrapolate yeah. I hope they're getting, comb- getting in extended universe support <laughs> yeah. from Lucasfilm to make sure that they don't, like, screw up. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if Geonosians are still there, but you realize in Episode 3 that they get nuked and there is no Junio- Geonosian left alive in the galaxy,
3: yeah.
13: then, you know, oh that's a bad.
3: That's <laughs> a bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they they will have uh, approbation for things like that. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> so well, thanks a lot, Martin. Okay. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
5: Welcome Come back, back to Star Wars on Direct. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to do that. Yeah. Okay, so right now we're gonna go to Community update The Community of the with go. me. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this chronologically. Chronologically. Chronologically, chronologically That. thank you. That's Sebastian. That's why you're my co-host. Today.
6: So I can correct you and that's make it. fun of you and poke little jokes at you. Poke? <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was waiting for.
6: <laughs>
5: okay, well, tomorrow, Monday, February 16th at 7 p.m., uh, the wall number 406. Yeah, which sure is located at <laughs> 270 <laughs> South Center Shopping Center uh, in Seattle, Washington uh, Timothy Zahn will make an appearance, his last appearance, as a matter of fact, for uh, the, the Survivor's Quest book tour. The Survivor's Quest book tour, as a matter of fact. He will also join in uh, <coughs> later, later on this year at the San Diego Comic Con from July 22nd to 25th. And he will be uh, doing panel discussion as well as signings at the Delray Boat all weekend long. Keep checking with StarWars.com for details as we get closer to the summer convention season. Voila! Uh, there's also a nice little uh, convention com- coming up in Seattle, too, on uh, February 29th, which is the Weird Day, for it comes only in every four years. With I Star Wars guests, people that are born that day, <laughs> with Star Wars guests, Mishan Borjagorasing and Amy Halen, uh, Ella Sakura. I believe this will this will also be the pl- uh, the place where they will have uh, Star Wars breakfast with the official fan club. And cool. uh, admission is $8. Children under 7s are free. The hours are from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So, uh, after that's a good deal. <laughs> after you go to that convention, you go back home and you listen to our next show. There exactly. you go. Exactly. And for more information, you can go online to www.emeraldcitycomiccon.com. And who knows? Maybe you'll meet the wizard. Emerald City. Yeah, I got it. The wizard of Oz. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay. Better the Wizard of Oz than the Wizard of the Coast, Seattle. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're tired and uh, you ain't got five minutes. Ain't I funny? <laughs> I got five minutes. That's okay. Don't push me. <laughs> okay, well next Saturday we will here in Montreal be celebrating the fifth anniversary of Sitplan.net, yeah. one of the most, uh, the most. Well, the most <laughs> The most be- bestest uh, Star Wars ever. Star Wars reference uh, Reference in French On the web uh, The da- daily activities Will include Laser Quest uh, We will have A nice little supper At Legends of the Forum uh, Around 8 o'clock And then we'll go Bowling upstairs Of course If you'd like some more information You can join us On the net Forums In the Rencontre And Evenements. Forums, and you'll find all the uh, the Info- inf- inf- information. <laughs> information you need there. There you go. And uh, on this note, we're going to do the closing. Yep. But first, there's a couple of conventions that are upcoming. Uh, there's one in New York I'm thinking of actually called Empire Fan Fest, which Mark Hamill will be attending. And we very much would like to have uh, a little correspondent for that convention. So if you'd be interested into doing so, if you have a laptop and that you could record uh, Mr. Hamill, and I think there's going to be some other Star Wars fans, uh, Star Wars guests there as well, and also the Star Wars fans who are going to be attending this convention, you can contact us. (coughs) Because we are always looking for men and women with good communication skills who are to do the major convention circuit in the U.S. Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, etc., The Star Wars Undirect Correspondent would record an interview for our show with several personalities and fans. This person will have the equipment and software to record the edit and edit the audio file to to be sent to us. You think you could help us? Send us an email at studio at swendirect.com with the title SWD Correspondent. And our next show will be on February 29, 2004, at 1900 hours Eastern. And. It will be on the original trilogy on DVD. And speculations, and more about this... Not speculation. And more about this stupid thing on the holiday special... On on the uh, special trilogy, the special edition. Or not the special Sebastian and I
6: will surely have a debate the as host. to why he is wrong.
5: I'm the host. I can do any comments I want. <laughs> you
6: can say them, but they will just be filed under
5: Sebastian's crazy theories <laughs> <laughs> yet again. <laughs> so, if you have any comments on the show, you would like to make a suggestion for upcoming subjects, and please feel free to do so because. Uh, yeah, no, we're not starting to run out of ideas, but... You Never. know, We'd like to please our fans, so g- g- send us some suge- some suge- suggestions. Send an email to studio at swendirect.com if you like the show. We suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to out is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. We'd like to thank uh, our sponsors, Sitland.net, Happy anniversary. Legends Action Figures, simple-net.ca, very nice host, very good price, and a very good bandwidth Partners, the forest, TheForce.net Your daily bills of Star Wars And StarWarsFanworks.com, The home of Star Wars Fan Audio Of course, if you want You can actually go take a look Around the Galactic Senate forums right now And find out who won the best prizes On the Fan Audio Achievements Awards
3: The People's Choice Awards The Founder's Choice Award, And the Fan Audio Academy Award. Fan Audio Academy
5: Award. that's yeah. it Thank you There you go So, this is Sebastian So, stand. Uh, this is saying my, goodbye This is Sebastian signing out And saying see you next time on Star Wars Direct, The voice of Star Wars fandom And the bestest multicultural <laughs> effort, <laughs> Winner of the FAA
3: yeah.
1: This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet Webmasters, online gamers Or administrators of e-business At SimpleNet We will always have a solution to meet your needs You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. sure to visit www.swonzehek.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars.
0: Net c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga Des événements et rencontres entre fans Un énorme forum de discussion Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars Incluant une ligne ouverte en direct Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe Et bien plus encore Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citelan.net Sir, if you not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while